This podcast is brought to you by Acme Markets. Fresh foods, local flavors. 93.3 WMMR Audio On Demand presents the Preston and Steve Show podcast. And now, Preston and Steve's news update with Kathy Romano. All right, today is Monday, June 20th. Good morning, Kathy. Good morning. In the news this morning, crews in South Jersey are working to contain a raging wildfire that's burning at Wharton State Forest. Officials say that the fire burned at least 2,100 acres throughout Washington, Shemong, Hamilton, and Mullica Townships. The blaze is 20% contained, the New Jersey Forest Fire Service said Sunday night. Uh, but I did hear this morning there's only 10%, so I'm not exactly sure what the percentages here. Bats, uh, Bats to Village and all associated hiking and mountain biking trails are closed to visitors. The Mullica River Campground, Mullica River Trail, and boat, launch it, boat launches along the Mullica River are closed. Uh, three closures, these closures will remain in effect until further notice. The Pinelands Adventures suspended kayak and canoe trips, uh, and the Paradise Lakes Campground was evacuated. How many years ago was it that there was a that massive, massive one? Yeah. I know. I forget when that was. That And that burned for a long time. A long time. time, yeah. Uh, no injuries have been reported. Officials say the wildlife is being uh, fueled. The wildfire is being fueled by dry and breezy conditions. They, I understand they're putting a lot of the wildlife up in hotels. <laughs> they should. And you know, and I, I noticed a difference on the shore this weekend. Did you? Yeah, yeah, yeah big time. Uh, I, I'm amazed at how they can find out how these things start. You know what I mean? Like they can track, trace it back to yeah. one event or something <laughs> like that. They'll find like an animal yeah. with loose lips. Uh, yep. like a That's it. Yep. Listen, I saw something. I'm not saying this is it, but it looked like it's where it started. Usually an anonymous phone <laughs> uh-huh. call, you know, something like that. Hello. Yeah. <laughs> Um, so there's, yeah, there's road closures. They have the mountain biking, the hiking trails all closed um, in the area because of this as they try to contain it. Well, fires like that, and we were talking about this last week, is that, uh, you know, you see footage and it happens all the time where people go in and they think they're in a safe area, but the fire will loop back around and, like, and move quickly and then in. trap them. Yeah. yeah, of course. A lawyer from the Philippines died Sunday after he was shot in Philadelphia while traveling to the airport with his mother. It happened at 4 a.m. near 38th and Spruce Streets. Sources say 35-year-old John Albert Lalo and his mother were in an Uber on the way to the airport. Police say the gunman, who investigators believe was in a black vehicle, came up from behind and fired several rounds into the car. The gunman then pulled up to the driver's side of the car and fired additional shots. Lalo was shot in the head and died from his injuries Sunday. His mother was also injured. Philippine Consulate General in New York, El Mercato, uh, traveled to Philadelphia to be with Lalo's family. A spokesperson uh, with the Filipino-American Association of Philadelphia said they are very concerned about what happened, adding that Lalo and his mother were innocent visitors trying to enjoy the city. The crime almost sounds like some type of an assassination, but they were just they were just going to New York, D.C., Philly. Right. Yeah. I mean, like they're uh-huh. they're just touring, right? And, but or or either that or or some kind of bizarre initiation, you know? Because it sounds like they they picked this out and just murdered this this person. They it's pulled horrible. up behind, unloaded through the back window, and then pulled around to the side mm. and continued. Awful. Either that or or mistaken identity, you know? Like and that's this, what I was thinking. Case, oh, yeah. they were looking for a certain vehicle. Um, who knows? Yeah, Lalo and his Terrible. mother. Uh, had been in Philadelphia since June 9th. No arrests have been made in the case. Anyone with information is asked to contact police at 215-686-TIPS. Violence continues to plague the city. Uh, From Friday to Monday morning, at least 27 people have been shot. Nine of them have died. 
World Swimming's governing body effectively banned transgender women from competing in women's events starting Monday. FINA members widely adopted a new gender inclusion policy on Sunday that only permits swimmers who transitioned before the age of 12 to compete in women's events. The organization also proposed an open competition category. A spokesperson for the organization said uh, that this is not saying that people are encouraged to transition by the age of 12. It's what the scientists are saying that if you transition after the start of puberty, you have an advantage, which is unfair. The spokesperson confirmed there, there are currently no transgender women competing in elite levels of swimming. The World Professional Association for Transgender Health just lowered its recommended minimum age for starting gender, gender transition hormone treatment to 14 and some surgeries to 15 or 17. In sports this morning. The Phillies lost to the Nationals yesterday afternoon in Washington. What the f is this? Juan Soto hit a three-run homer, and the Nationals won 9-3 to avoid a five-game sweep. The Nats ended an eight-game skid and also ended the Phillies' seven-game road winning streak. The Phillies haven't swept a five-game series since beating the Marlins in 2001 at home. What the f is this? The Phillies are off today before opening up a two-game series against the Rangers in Texas tomorrow night. English golfer Matt, Fitz, uh, Matt Fitzpatrick won the 122nd U.S. Open to clinch his first career major after the final round of the country club. Uh, the f- at the Country Club in Brookline, Massachusetts. The 27-year-old beat number one, Scotty Scheffler and Will Zalatoris by a single shot. With the win, Fitzpatrick made history as only the second player and the first non-American to win both the U.S. Amateur and the U.S. Open at the same venue, having won the Country Club in 2013. The Stanley Cup Finals continue tonight with the game uh, against the Colorado Avalanche. I'm sorry, the Colorado Avalanche leading the Tampa Bay Lightning two games to none. Game three is in Tampa Bay, and the puck will drop at 8 o'clock. And the Union, who had a 1-1 draw against FC Cincinnati Saturday night, are at home on Sunday with the match against New York City FC. And that's what I have for you this morning. All right, thanks so much, Kathy. It's a Monday morning. We got uh, stuff happening, friends. And uh, I'll start with the fact that we have a new Word of the Week prize, so we reset with that. And it's uh, simply, it's $500. Straight up, 500 bucks, And that is from... The Baxter. The Baxter. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> we will get the letter. Uh, the Baxter's awesome. You at know, the, the end of the that program. whole thing of getting, you know, you're, you're throwing away stuff, you put it at the end of your driveway, and they yep. come by and take it away. Uh, Giant Chuck, bag. Our, yeah, our Chuck, uh, our buddy, just got yeah. one on uh, Saturday. He got a Baxter. Yeah. Baxter. <laughs> uh, so we will give away 500 bucks in conjunction with that. So that'll be at the end of the program. Uh, we do have a guest on the show today. This is pretty cool, man. We have the new... Flyers head coach joining us in that is John Tortorella. Uh, he will be around 9 o'clock on the program. And uh, it's interesting that uh, we, we were just talking to uh, Bill Clement last week because he is going to the Hockey Hall of Fame. Right. And he had some interesting things to say about John Tortorella, who he knows. Yeah. Uh, and I believe, and we'll, I, we'll, I, uh, we, we're going to see if we can get that quote uh, ready to go when we have him on. But he said something along the lines of, he will rip your face off. <laughs> <laughs> Essentially, it was something like that, right? He's he's going to yeah. whip them into shape. Definitely is what he yeah. said. He, did, he didn't he didn't mess around. Yeah, yeah. He gets right to it, and uh, he's a no holds barred kind of way. So uh, guy. So uh, it's cool that we'll get a chance to talk to him later on this morning. Excited about that. Yeah, yeah. Um, and oh, 
uh, the blood drives Friday. Oh my God! It is. I know. <laughs> this is Friday. And oh uh, first, on so many levels, it's our it's our the first time we're doing a live broadcast. I know. Uh, and uh, we've done multiple locations before, but I'm really confident with the two locations we're at. Yeah. I think and. All the all the reservations are taken, are they not? Yeah, uh, for the most part. Yeah, 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 all the signups are there. There may be some things that you know. There may be some cancellations along the way. So, so keep checking in. Exactly, and some special donations like double red and so on. So, if you are interested and want to uh, want to get in there, there might be something that opens up for you. It's cool. I'm really looking forward to this too because we're going to be. Uh, you know, this is our first time doing this live broadcast. Pierre's going to be following us after right, that, doing right. live broadcast as well. And uh, we're just kind of doing a, a straight-ahead radio program live from the event. And I'm looking forward to seeing all the people uh, that early morning. And we, we can't get too crazy when needles are going into arms. This is true. <laughs> we can't this be- is absolutely true. So, uh, yeah, that's that's good stuff, man. So we have uh, a lot to look forward to this week and a few other things coming up. The Always Sunny podcast that we've mentioned and those tickets selling out and everything. So all the goings-on uh, are at WMMR.com or PrestonandSteve.com. And I love the new shirt this year, by the way. Yeah. Nick just pulled up the picture of it. It's that classic uh, Phillies, uh, you know, powder blue. Yeah, it's and, great. And red. And so um, we always try to do some kind of a new design each year. So if you've been collecting them... Got a good one for you this year. So, uh, with all that, let's take a break because I got a stack of entertainment stories I want to get to and a super question all set for you. So, ah, oh, I did it backwards. I did it. Happening. That's okay. Should I hit the button again or? Yeah, go ahead. Okay. There we go. There's my music. So, we'll take a break. We'll come back in a second. What the f- is this? And we will get to it all in oh. just a moment. Uh, stay with us. Love MMR? Buy some gear. Check out the rock shop at WMMR.com. It's fancy. No, it's it's not. The most hated jeweler in America makes it so easy to get engaged. Meet the beautiful, classy, and brilliant Krista. She's Stephen's most loved engagement ring and will dazzle. She takes the stress and guesswork out of finding the perfect ring. A bright white, high-quality, round, brilliant diamond in a classic solitaire setting. Meet Krista today, starting at under $700. Online at IHateStevenSinger.com or at the other corner of 8th and Walnut by appointment only. Free shipping and interest-free financing. It's so easy. Steven Singer Jewelers. That's IHateStevenSinger.com. Now, back with more of the Preston and Steve Show podcast. 6.32 on a Monday morning with the Preston and Steve Show. Anybody want to riff the uh, traffic? Sure, I can. Fun. Nick, you're uh, good at this. You want to make something up? All right. Have a good time? Well, I can actually do it if you want me to actually do it. Let's take it up for a spin. All right. Nobody else is around to do it. Yeah. All right. Well, Kathy said she's making us some muffins. Oh, that's nice of her. I love muffins. I do love muffins. (laughs) Do you like muffins better than bagels? Ooh. Wow. Sometimes. Yeah? Yeah, so All right. All right, so, uh, Kathy, I don't know if you've uh, heard about this, but there's an accident in the center lane. It's blocked from, uh, this is on the Pine right, Street Expressway. I got it, I got it. <laughs> it's jammed at 8th Street. playing a song, sorry. <laughs> we did play a song. Oh, you did? Yeah. Yes. We played a Joan Jett song. Oh, my bad. Uh, okay, we have an accident like Nick. What? Sorry. I didn't know. I was making coffee. The Vine westbound at the Ben Franklin She's Parkway. She's listening to There's an accident in the center lane. Uh, 202 south of Skipback, Route 73. That accident has been cleared. 95 southbound slows from Cotton. 
Chapman through to Bridge. And then we have this forest fire uh, causing lots of closures. 542 closed in both directions between 563 and Columbia Road 693. There's hiking trails, biking trails closed as well. This traffic report brought to you by New Jersey Division of Travel and Tourism. Boost your mood in New Jersey. Savor sea breezes, the call of adventure, or drift into the blue. Find it all at visitnj.org. And that's your traffic on 93.3 WMMR. All right, let's give away a $50 Bonefish Grill gift card for the correct answer to this question. Uh, This is interesting. What year was the three-point shot introduced to the NBA? That's a good question. Yeah, 215-263-WMMR, the field goal. Let's see if you know the answer to that. What year was the three-point shot introduced to the NBA? Did you get it? No, I had no idea. I thought it was uh, later than that. All right, 215-263-WMMR. Going to mention some birthdays today, Monday, June 20th. We'll start with a big one in the world of music and a big birthday for him. His contemporary just celebrated an 80th birthday in Paul McCartney, but it's Brian Wilson's birthday Ah. today. And he is the same age as Paul, and they have tremendous mutual respect for each other. Uh, I love that respect. Uh, it's well-deserved. Brian Wilson is, a, as with Paul McCartney, but Brian Wilson is a flat-out genius and an amazing... I mean, you know Preston, the legend, and the people who have worked with him over the years say they've never seen anybody like him in the way he understands music. Yep, he was one of those guys that, that was able to uh, transition into producer as yes. well as, as uh, being on top of being a, you know... Uh, an incredible songwriter. Well, as he, they, could, he could produce as well. He had the, that the, sound in his head. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. They point out that for the most part, the, the the Beach Boys, he would write, produce the songs, and then the band would come in and sort of learn them, and then go out on tour. That was basically what was happening. So he's eighty years old. Today. Yeah. Happy birthday, Brian Wilson. Also, a milestone birthday uh, at seventy. John Goodman. Oh, ah. his birthday. What was that? That's not him. You're talking about from Revenge of the Nerds. Yeah. But that's not him. Wait, that's not him? No, that's uh, Ogre. Oh, yeah, 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 you're right. Uh, Let me turn this one off. I'm uh, sensory overload here, guys. Hey, uh, yes, I saw, (laughs) and as I told the story, and you guys know it, and we probably mentioned every birthday of his, but I uh, I was recounting the story of when I was at a strip club. I think it was the Diamond Cabaret in uh, East St. Louis. And uh, all of a sudden, behind the bar, this door opens up, and I see John Goodman. And as I was telling the story at the time, I said, with a hooker on his back. <laughs> but it wasn't. She might have been a hooker. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, you never know. She was a stripper, though, and he was giving her a piggyback ride. I kid you not, <laughs> it was one of those moments where I was like, did I just see John Goodman <laughs> right. giving a stripper uh-huh. a piggyback ride? And it was like, it was almost, Steve, like one of those uh, shooting gallery things right, where, right. where like you know, a, a bear comes out of a door, this end goes across and then goes right. in another door and then it's gone. And that was it. That was, yeah. that was my moment with John Goodman because he is from, he grew up in the St. Louis area. That's so wild. He was just hanging out with some friends, I guess. He was a guy who was known to party, but now he's in, if you see him currently, and there's a picture up on the studio here of the, the split, he's um he's in good shape. Yeah, he's lost some weight. Yeah. He's doing all right. So happy 70th John Goodman. Uh, it's Noel Kidman, uh, Nicole Kidman's birthday today, too. Yes. Uh, she is 55 years old. She's doing a lot of stuff. What's the series she did with Melissa McCarthy? You watched it. I didn't. Oh, uh, yes. Nine Perfect Strangers. Right, right, right. Yeah, I, I enjoyed that. Second season coming out on that. Oh, there is? Yeah, yeah. Oh, excellent. Did you ever watch uh, Big Little Lies, Preston, on HBO? No. Yeah, it, okay. it's really good, and it's sort of a, a murder mystery, but they shoot it um, along the north end of Big Sur, like around um, oh, man. that part of uh, like um, Pebble Beach in that area, and yeah. it's just some of the homes that they shoot in and around are unbelievably gorgeous. 
She also uh, was uh, Lucy. She uh, played in... Uh, yeah, how was that? Uh, you know what? Again, I say when they weren't doing the show, when they were actually showing the show being shot, all the stuff around it was really good. I was thrown off by the makeup because okay. I thought she resembled the Kurgan from uh, uh, the Out... Outlander, right, or whatever was the, the uh, whatever that science fiction movie is, Russell Mulcahy, but um, it's just a weird makeup look on her that threw me off every time they had her on screen, but acting-wise, amazing, and it was an Aaron Sorkin script. She's 55 today. It's uh, Cindy Lauper's birthday today, and she turns 69 years old today. She does commercials for some sort of uh, psoriasis. That's correct. So, yeah. Yeah, I don't know if it's Enbrel or not, but yeah, she's definitely a, uh, she pitches one of those products. So She's known for more than that, though. Uh, yeah. A little bit yeah, more, yeah. yeah. You know what, I, you should watch sometime. I really, I don't know why I fell down a hole of just uh, searching singers, and I was watching video of her and the other performers at uh, the We Are With The World yeah. performance, and I saw that they, they had them showing their short rehearsals and stuff like that. She was really great in that, man. She really just... She, she's a good singer. She's got a, a really cool, talented, unique voice. She's 69. It's also Lionel Richie's birthday. He wow. was in We Are The World as well. True. Uh, was he one of the main songwriters, was I he think, not? I think you're correct. Yeah, I think he was one of the songwriters. Uh, and Lionel Richie turns 73 years old today. He has sort of a um, Formica-looking skin now. Yeah. Uh, for whatever... Procedures he's had done. It looks a little, you know what, robotic. He's looking more and more like that bust that the blind girl made <laughs> yeah. of him. Yeah. In what hello? song was that? That was hello. Hello. Yeah. hello. Yes. All right. So I'm sorry. How old is he then? He's 69. Okay. No. 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 Lionel. Lionel 73. Oh, I'm sorry. 73. Uh, Cindy Lauper 60. Okay. Uh, also, Bob Vila, host of uh, Home Again or This Old House, was the original one, right? Yeah, didn't he? Well, he was the, sort of the flashpoint for all the home improvement shows, right? I believe so. Yeah, he's uh, he's the OG. The OG. Yeah. He's seventy six. <laughs> uh, Michael Anthony, bassist for Van Halen, turned sixty eight years old today. Also, Chicken Foot and uh, the Circle are the bands that he's in. Do you not? Uh, you know, the Circle is not. No, I didn't. I, I, I really gave it a shot, and Sammy Hagar, I love him to death. Yeah. I just wasn't digging on it, no. unfortunately. But um, he turns uh, 68 years old today, so happy birthday, Michael Anthony. No bass in any of that. I, yeah, that. but I like That's to play okay. this one because it's one of my favorite stories that you oh. ever told. Yeah, my family went to uh, Japan, and I was left... <laughs> Home Alone, and I, this was on my answering machine. I was like, it's party time! <laughs> like 18 years old. Uh, your dad loved that. Dude. Oh, he yeah. Encouraged it. Oh, yeah, yeah. I thought it was hilarious. <laughs> Good dad. Well, Effing. I hope you uh, have a great time with your parties. Mm-hmm. Uh, actor, okay. actor Josh Lucas uh, is also turning a year older. He was in Sweet Home Alabama, A Beautiful Mind. Great in uh, Ford versus Ferrari. That's terrific. Yep. So. God, I, I love that movie. I do, too. Uh, he's such a douchebag in that movie. He, he plays a really... Oh. And he started really playing more romantic leads, but has now become the kind of go-to douchebag. Yep. So he's 51 today. Uh, Robert Rodriguez, the director, brought us uh, the Spy Kids movies. From Dust Till Dawn. And Sin City. Sin City. Yep. He's 54. Did uh, you see Alita? The, um... Oh, no. yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, he directed that as well. You know what? Visually, it's pretty wild. Okay. Uh, um, it's not great, but it's uh, it's certainly interesting. Okay. Uh, great musician, John Taylor, bassist for Duran Duran, uh, celebrates his 62nd birthday today. So they're, they're confirmed right into the Hall of Fame, Rock and yes, Roll Hall of Fame. Yes, Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, which is, I think it's really cool. I, uh, 
even at the height of their fame at that time when they were kind of going against, you know, more traditional straight-ahead rock, because at that time you had Ozzy Osbourne right, and all these right. other things going on. I just dug their musicianship. I mean, he's a great bass player. If you listen to the bass line in this song, it's awesome, man. Uh, so happy birthday to John Taylor. He is 62. And then last birthday, uh, Christopher mintz Plazi, uh, who you know <laughs> oh, from Superbad. McLovin. And uh, he's the, yeah, McLovin. Yeah. Uh, he's the bad guy in the kick-ass movies. He's really good as the bad guy. I agree. Yeah, I, I, agree. I, I love those movies. Steve, he's also in uh, Promising Young Woman. Yes, he he's is. He's one of the guys that takes her home. Oh, it's one of the best sequences. Yes. You know, so if you don't know the conceit. No, I know. Yeah. I seen she it pretends yet. she's drunk, gets these guys home, and they, they put all these moves on her, and then she sobers right yeah. up. Yep. It's, uh, it's a really interesting, kind of disturbing movie in a way. Uh, he is 33 years old. All right, let's see if we can answer a stupid question. What year is the three-point shot? Introduced in the NBA, and it is Rich, who we will go to first. Yo, Rich, good morning. Good morning. How are you? Awesome, Rich. Do you know what year the three-point shot was introduced? 1979. You got it, sir. Hang on, Rich. Got yourself a $50 Bonefish Grill gift card, and if you're in the mood for seafood... Bonefish Grill has covered with new summer specials like the Shrimp Rangoon Dip and Pineapple Glazed Shrimp paired perfectly with a zesty key lime cake. Uh, for dessert, you can visit bonefishgrill.com. They reference it in uh, the TV show Winning Time about the uh, the Lakers from nineteen uh, late 70s, early 80s because the Sixers played the Lakers in the NBA Finals in 1980 and somebody makes a three-point shot and they say, and that was the first three-point shot uh, made in the history of the NBA Finals. Oh. So it was that season, it was 79-80, that it was uh, brought into the league. So it was, it's, it's they're making a three-point from that level, from that distance. All right, that becomes a three-point shot. Is there a... Would they ever consider a nine-point shot for uh, a well, full court? in the uh, MTV. MTV, MTV rocking jams, like, yeah. uh, basketball game they did. I don't know if it was nine points. But. And remember, they have multiple baskets, too. Yeah. They That's have, right. They really high. That's right, yeah. As well, but... No, it really... It, it, was, it was one of the good... You know, so every now and then they'll have these rule changes, yeah. and yeah. some of them kind of fizzle. That was a good one. And yeah. now it's a three-point league. I mean, if if you don't have oh, three-point yeah. sh- uh, shooters yeah. on your team, you're not going to win a championship. Well, I think I, the NBA did away with the uh, the dosey dough, which is <laughs> yeah, that which was is just very. It was dumb. cute for a little yeah, while, yeah. but uh, <laughs> float it down. The um, so hang on a second, Nick. Then who was the traveling and dosey doughing? <laughs> Who was the first person ever to uh, shoot it, a three-pointer in an NBA final game? Was it a sixer? I don't remember. Uh, they, I just know that they referenced it. Maybe it was okay. Magic, but I'll it's see. It's uh, Scott's McDougal. It was Scott's. He was right. uh, underrated. I want to go through some uh, movies and uh, how they fared this weekend. Uh, Jurassic World Dominion was number one again, followed by Lightyear. Number two, that made $51 million. Then you had uh, Top Gun Maverick still in the top three. Doctor Strange, followed by Bob's Burgers, Everything Everywhere All at Once, The Bad Guys, number eight was Downton Abbey, uh, nine, Sonic the Hedgehog, and then rounding out the top ten with Brian and Charles. All right, we're going to start with this. The jury in Bill Cosby's civil trial is uh, nearly, they nearly reached a verdict on Friday afternoon, but instead they're going to have to start their deliberations over again. This is wonderful. This morning. Uh, the unusual twist came oh. to the end of the second day of deliberations. The plaintiff, Judith Huff, has sued Cosby for allegedly molesting her at the Playboy Mansion when she was 16 in 1975. The jurors were asked to answer nine questions, including whether Cosby sexually molested Huff, whether he she was under 18, whether Cosby had uh, had reason to know that, and how much damages he sh- she should be awarded. So, at the end of the day on Friday, the jury informed the judge, uh, Judge Carlin, that they had reached a verdict 
on eight of the questions. The only unanswered question pertained to whether Cosby acted with malice, oppression, or fraud, which would trigger punitive damages if they answered yes. So Carlin at first indicated that he would accept a partial verdict, but then changed his mind after a bailiff informed him that the court building would close for the day within a few minutes. Oh, man. Carlin said he did not have sufficient time to take the verdict and did not want to incur Sheriff's Department overtime. So uh, the jurors will resume deliberations today. Uh, but they will have to start their discussions all over oh, again, oh, no. potentially wiping out the verdicts on the eight questions because the four person had to be excused due to a pre-planned trip. An alternate juror will be seated on Monday to take her place. So they have to start from scratch, and they may have had a change of heart over the weekend. You never so, know. Uh, you, you know, again, we're all pre-med. We're not pre-law here on the okay. show. But uh, but I would say that if this did come down against him, they would have a very strong case. Um, would would they not for a mistrial or? Well, I don't know. Seeing that it is a um, a, civil it's a civil trial, trial. it's a little bit different. So right. Huff's attorney wanted the judge to take the partial verdict as it appeared. I object! Uh, from the way the verdict form is structured, uh, that it would go in their favor. But Cosby's attorney objected to that, saying that the same 12 jurors should decide all of the issues in the case, the judge did not agree, but in the end, the defense got its preference because of the clock. And nine of the 12 jurors must agree to reach a verdict on each issue. So it's not, yeah. you don't need a complete, uh, you need a majority vote. Right, not right. Not an unanimous vote. So it's interesting. We'll see how it goes. Uh, this broke on Friday, and we didn't get a chance to touch on it, but uh, WWE announced Friday... Uh, that his famed CEO, Vince McMahon, has stepped back from his leadership responsibilities as the company investigates misconduct claims against him. Uh, the board of directors appointed McMahon's daughter, Stephanie, as interim CEO and chairwoman until the probe's conclusion. Vince McMahon said in a statement, I've pledged my complete cooperation in the investigation by the special committee, and I will do everything possible to support the investigation. I have also pledged... Uh, to accept the findings and outcome of the investigation, whatever they are. So it was my understanding that she was kind of running a lot of the stuff anyway. Yeah, I believe so. Yeah. Uh, later, McMahon kicked off WWE Friday Night SmackDown with a brief address uh, saying that he would like to remind fans of the sport's signature words, then, now, forever, and the most important word is together. And he said, welcome to SmackDown and through the microphone. And uh, an audience member. So, even as the board looks into possible misconduct, directors are still allowing McMahon to retain his role and responsibilities related to their creative content during that period. I wonder what his net worth is at this point. Oh, my God. It's going to be staggering, oh, right? Oh, yeah. Yeah, I would think so. Hundreds of millions. Yeah. Right? Yeah. It's like a billion. Like a billion. Like a billion. Yeah, yeah. That's his accountant. Um, <laughs> we now go to Vince McMahon. We watch out for your money. So, you don't have to. How much do I have? It's like a billion. Yeah. <laughs> it's like a billion. <laughs> he just throws yeah. vague terms. I'm an Uber driver. Yeah, yeah they got like a billion. Yeah. <laughs> How? Uh, Oscar-winning movie director Paul Haggis was detained in Italy on Sunday facing allegations that he sexually assaulted a woman. Ooh. That's troubling. Uh, the 69-year-old Haggis, who won the 2006 Oscar for Best Original Screenplay for Crash, has been in Italy for a film festival that begins Tuesday in the town of... Uh, Otsuni, uh, or Ostuni, sorry, and Italian media cited a statement from prosecutors in the nearby city of Brindisi uh, that said that they were investigating allegations that a young foreign woman 
was forced to have what it said was non-consensual sex over two days. Hmm. Uh, Haggis's attorney said, uh, but I'm confident that all allegations will be dismissed against Mr. Haggis. He is totally innocent and willing to fully cooperate with the authorities so the truth comes out quickly. So, who knows? He has been detained, and we'll see what the investigation uh, warrants or, or uh, reveals. Uh, so, after Johnny Depp was awarded millions of dollars in damages in his defamation trial against Amber Heard... Uh, the actress was seen shopping at the discount store TJ Maxx. <laughs> there you the, go. In the Hamptons That's last week. She's yeah. a fashionista now. A Maxinista. A Maxinista. Yeah. I mean, I'm, my entire outfit right now is uh, TJ Maxx. TJ Maxx. So you and Amber Heard shop at the same clothing yeah. store. That place is pretty good, though. That one in the Hamptons is like, it <laughs> is. It's got to be, yeah. It, it is. It's, <laughs> there's nice, really nice stuff there. They're going to cater to the uh, the elite. Yep. Uh, the elite. Uh, the cheap elite? The cheap elite. Yeah. So the, the elite. Uh, even before the verdict... Sources told the New York Post that Heard was broke due to the legal fees associated with trial. In response to whether she would be able to pay Depp the amount awarded to him, Heard's lawyer, Elaine Bredhoff, uh, said, oh, no, absolutely not. I mean, to insinuate that she's broke. Yeah. She wouldn't be shopping at all, guys, okay? Maybe she's just smart and thrifty. She is smart and thrifty. I can't believe I'm defending her right now. (laughs) Well, no, I listen... I, it, Look, dude, she's just a fellow Maxinista. Yeah, that's yeah, it. You're that's backing right. her up because of that. I get now, it. Now, there'd be pause for concern if she was shopping at Ross. Then we'd be... <laughs> well, be no, issues. you dressed best for last there. <laughs> also, it looks like she's shopping for men's clothes. Are yes, those men's t-shirts, Casey? Uh, possibly. I mean, but, you know, men's fashion is pretty cool there, too, Kath. <laughs> Heard was shopping at the department store alongside her sister, Whitney Hernandez, in uh, Bridgehampton, New York. It is unclear whether they bought anything or not. Uh, they, were, they were shopping. You know who's a big Ross guy is Pancake. Uh, Pancake shops at Ross? He says you can you can find better sunglasses at Ross. You're going to find, like, Oakleys and stuff like that at Ross. Hey, where was that? Cra- which, where'd you get in the... There was a line for either flip-flops or... Sunglasses. Old Navy. Old the, Navy. The line you're talking about. Oh, right, right. Yeah, 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 they were like, I, I forget what they, I think oh, they yeah. originally sold. A dollar. But they originally sold for like $4, and then they were on sale for like a dollar or $2 <laughs> right. or whatever And it there was. was like a massive line, and right? And people would like go with like bags and like fill up bags and buy these flip-flops. Meanwhile, they're so cheaply made, they break after like two weeks. I don't get that. There's a whole culture. I like getting my socks at Marshall's. Are you a Marshall oh, sock yeah, guy? Yeah, yeah. Well, so you're a Marshall Nista. Yeah. I'm the same so. way. I uh I well, so I I don't discriminate. I like Marshall's and TJ Maxx and, and Ross. And, and, and Ross. Ross. Yeah. I, I well, I I don't go to Ross because <clears throat> there isn't one you have that's your personal really shopper convenient though. to my uh yeah, I don't think there's location. many of those left. Ross? There's one down yeah. the street here, but uh, I just never get over there. So. Ross used to be at the uh, Plymouth Meeting yeah, Metroplex. at the Metroplex. There was a Ross there right. for sure. I'm not Marshall. sure if it's still there or not. It was there's over the by new Dex. Marshalls in there. Really? Yeah, oh. it, took over, it took over part of, I think it was, was it Dick's? <laughs> uh, no, Dick's is now know. the PGA store. Yeah, but they split it. Oh, they did? Aren't, yeah, uh, aren't Marshall's, big, Ross, and TJ Maxx all the same store? Like, uh, same company? TJ Maxx and, and... No, not Ross. TJ Maxx and uh, Marshall's. Marshall's and HomeGoods. And HomeGoods are all under the same one. How about that? Okay. All right, well, anyhow, we're moving on. Got to the bottom of this. this have, investigative report. I have other discount stores to talk about. <laughs> Actually, no. So, the DC franchise is finally... Taking a stand when it comes to troubled actor Ezra Miller. Deadline reports that Miller, who identifies as non-binary, has been dropped from upcoming DC projects. You had to have seen this coming. What could you do? Yeah. Um, And it didn't look like it was going to get any better. However, the studio is still planning to release The Flash next year with them in the lead role. 
The Flash will feature Oscar-winning actors Michael Keaton and Ben Affleck, who will return as different versions of Batman. So they couldn't not release this it's movie. It's too There's huge. No way. Miller was being set up to help lead uh, the DC Extended Universe after Affleck stepped down from the role of Batman and the second Wonder Woman film underperformed. Uh, but this will now reportedly be scrapped. So the idea he th- that that Ezra Miller yes. was going to kind of take things and run with and it. And it looked good. But their but personal it- life has, has become way too weird. So it comes after the troubled 29-year-old actor was hit with a restraining order over claims that they rubbed up against a non-binary 12-year-old. Uh, also allegedly threatened their mom with a gun after accusing her of cultural appropriation and stuff like this. So according to Deadline... You can't. Sources said even if no more allegations service, the studio won't likely keep Miller in the flash hole in future DC films. And that would mean replacing them in the future. But there's still a $200 million investment on the line with the first film. And Warner Brothers execs have to be cringing at each new press report. Well, and the the problem is you have uh, a lot of talented people with this film. And it looks really good when it comes out. The advanced word on it is that it's really good. Yeah. And how, how do you promote something where you have somebody who appears to be a raving lunatic yeah. right now, at least, and should get help because something's really wrong? Especially after that that Snyder cut had come out. Oh my and god, they, and I they, loved it. They fixed that what yeah. they were doing with that character in the first run of Justice League, and it was so good, so good. I was personally very excited yeah. for Ezra Miller's deal, but you cannot argue with. This is kryptonite, no pun intended, kryptonite for yeah. the movie company. Right. And he's still on the run, right? Like, they, they, there are yeah. charges levied against him, and, and the authorities can't find the guy? Yeah, I don't know. I, yeah. I do not know the, the details on that. They asked him to call him Mint Jelly because he's on the lam. He's on the <laughs> <laughs> uh, The 2023 Hollywood Walk Fame Star recipients have been named. Uh, on Friday, the Hollywood Chamber of Commerce released the two dozen names for the 2023 honorees. Uh, and Paul Walker of Fast and Furious will receive a posthumous star. Other posthumous recipients will include singer Jenny Rivera and uh, imitation of life actress uh, Juanita Moore. Fittingly, Walker won't be the only Fast and Furious receiving a star. His co-star and friend Ludacris is also one of the 2023 honorees. Other recipients include uh, Mindy Kaling and Ellen Pompeo, as well as musicians Jonas Brothers and Lenny Kravitz. Pretty cool. And film stars Vince Vaughn, Uma Thurman, and Bill Pullman. I'm happy for Bill Pullman. Yeah. Oh, that's Uma, yes. <laughs> uh, each year, the committee selects its crop of recipients across five categories of entertainment from a list of hundreds of nominees. Uh, the Hollywood Chamber of Commerce then ratifies the final selection. So it's my understanding that money has to be raised for these stars to be yeah, picked up, and, correct? And, and then you have to then you have to submit right. and then they have to okay it. So right. it's not like you just pay for it and you get right. it. I mean there's a Cuz I'd do that process. then. Yeah, I would do I'm that too. <laughs> I'd love to be on the Hollywood Outside of gra- the Grammys Chinese Theater. Uh, so, outside of the ones that I mentioned for motion pictures, John Waters yeah, is going to be him. him on. Uh, in television, uh, John Favreau, Martin Lawrence, Ralph Macchio, uh, Garrett Morris. That's cool. So, can you have, I don't, is this possible? Do people have multiple stars for different yes. things? Yes. Oh, really? Okay. Yeah, they do for, for different uh, categories. Oh, yeah. uh, for recording, Mark Anthony, uh, Irving Azoff, Sheila E., uh, Blake Shelton, Charlie Wilson, and uh, for live theater and live performances, Lang Lang, who I'm not familiar Lang with. Lang Lang. 
uh, Melba Moore and Pentatonix, uh, which is cool. So, yep, they've uh, made the announcement, and they will be getting their stars on the Hollywood Walk of Fame, which is cool. Who's Lang Lang, by the way, Nick? I don't know. Chinese uh, pianist, it yeah. says here, performed with uh, leading orchestra in China, North America, Europe, and elsewhere. So. Uh, you know what? As a okay. matter of fact, we have some of Lang Lang's music. Oh, okay. Do we? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Oh, wow. Wow. And that's, that's a very classic. good. Lang Lang, yeah. not even looking at the keys. No. He's playing <laughs> with his feet. Yeah. Bring it home, Lang Lang. <laughs> He's like a, to Jimi Hendrix of pianos. He plays it behind his head. And with his teeth yeah. and stuff. Him. <laughs> Sets it on fire. Uh, Charlie Sheen. Charlie Sheen. Has had a change of heart. I've had a change of heart. Uh, when, it come, when it comes to his 18-year-old daughter, Sammy, joining Sammy. OnlyFans. Yep. Uh, thanks to his ex-wife, Denise Richards. He said... Uh, or let's see, is this him? What did I say? Yeah, he he told Us Weekly, Denise has illuminated a variety of salient points mm-hmm. that in my haste I overlooked and dismissed. Now more than ever, it's essential that Sammy have a united parental front to rely upon as she embarks on this new adventure. And rather than make this a personal conversation in my family, I figured I'd broadcast it. He said from this moment forward, she shall have it abundantly. Ah, good. Yeah. Daddy's very proud of your nudies. Yeah, so he's uh, he's had Do a change. Do more video stuff. Had a change of heart, and he's starting to uh, support her. I am on a drug. It's called Charlie Sheen. Charlie Sheen. Charlie Sheen. <laughs> Frickin' father of the year. Oh, my God. Do you think this is an example of uh, if we tell her not to do it, she'll do it anyway, so now oh, yeah. we have to support no, her? I, I, I actually logged on and was turned on. Oh, my God. Yo. Oh, my God. <laughs> That's gross. <laughs> she's, she's good. Yeah, she's good. <laughs> I never saw that trick with the fence post. <laughs> Yikes. Preston, when you brought this story up last week, I pulled up uh, her Instagram account, Sammy Sheen, and it was like in the low thousands. Today, 100,000. Yeah. So all of this press is doing her exactly what she wants. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Uh, Let's see. I have some Bachelor news. We haven't had Bachelor news in a little while. So exciting. Uh, So I thought that would be nice. Uh, Today reports that Bachelor star Michelle Young and uh, Nate Ulakoya have broken up. I don't love you. So I guess they don't love you. I don't love you. Uh, Young. I thought I loved you, but I don't. Posted the news to her Instagram. I was wrong about loving you. Her Instagram stories on Friday. You know, this was, I found her, I found both of them, of the brief amount of time I spent watching the show with them, incredibly boring. She said, I'm struggling to say that Nate and I will be going our separate ways. Done. But I stand with him, knowing the heaviness that is present in both our hearts. The hell are you talking about? As this relationship has been very real for us. No, it hasn't. Uh, She said, I'm deeply hurting and will need time and space to work through this heartbreak. Come on, for Christ's sake. Space too, huh? Some time and space. They must give them like a Mad Libs book of things to release. You know, you just put your name in there. Yep. Situation. uh, Yep. Adjective. Uh, let me see here. A couple other things. Um, do I want to mention this here? You know, uh, yeah, because we okay. have, we'll play a little audio clip of this. Neil Diamond <laughs> made a rare post-retirement live appearance Saturday, and he, sw- he sang uh, Sweet Caroline at the Boston Red Sox game at Fenway Park. Uh, he previously performed his song at Fenway in 2010 and again in 2013, days after the Boston Marathon bombings. But Saturday was his first time back at the stadium since retiring from touring in 2018, Due to his Parkinson's disease diagnosis, and despite the Red Sox being down ten to two against the Cardinals, 
Uh, fans rapturously sang along with Diamond on Sweet Caroline, which has been an eighth-inning anthem at Fenway Park since 1997. We'll play a little clip of this, and I'll tell you why he was there. By the way, he's singing with someone else. I'll explain in a moment. Uh, so he, uh, his appearance was to celebrate the opening of his new musical, Neil Diamond, A Beautiful Noise, at Boston's Emerson Colonial for six weeks, and uh, it will move to Broadway this fall. So he was joined by actor Will Swenson, who is going to star in that uh, musical, A Beautiful Noise. So I guess I, he's playing the uh, the Neil Diamond part in that. Uh, that's very cool. I yeah. think that would be an interesting story. You know the music would be great. Yeah, totally. Yeah. I mean, just chock full of huge hits. Uh, so that's cool. Good for him. He sounded pretty decent. Yeah. yeah. I mean, that Linda Ronstadt had, is it Parkinson's as well? I for believe her? she has Parkinson's that too. Affected yeah. affected her voice. She had to stop yeah. altogether. So it, it definitely has an effect on, on singers for sure. Uh, two more quick things. Uh, so Wendy Williams, iconic purple chair, along with other set memorabilia from her 13 season run, is expected to be thrown in the garbage. A source close to the production. Is that code for brought to the Smithsonian Institute? <laughs> said recently, the wigs are still there since no. she didn't come and get them, so they're being thrown out. We're proud to announce that Wendy's iconic furniture from her set will be thrown into the garbage. <laughs> the chair is just going to be what? thrown out, they said. Production is not even bothering to try to donate the chair to a museum like The View did with their original table after 10 years. They gave it to the Smithsonian. <laughs> How much can you beat up on her by throwing out, just literally throwing out her furniture? Yeah, just throw it up back. Yeah. yeah. Oh, we forgot to piss on it. <laughs> <laughs> And then one last thing, uh, the according to the Hollywood Reporter, a Game of Thrones live action sequel featuring the fan favorite character Jon Snow is now in production at HBO. Oh. So how do you feel about that? Uh, I love it. I okay. love it. I love his character, and um, if they do it right, I think that could be really cool. Should they use the song "Snowbird" as the theme? Oh my song? god, I didn't yeah, even think right? about that. Because it'd, re- it'd be going against the grain. Yeah, it would be. Yeah, huh. who, who did "Snowbird"? Uh, Anne Murray. Yes. Yeah, that was it. Uh, so the kid Harrington is reportedly reprising his role in the new series. So we'll I see forgot how, how actually uh, he's in good shape, but he's small. Yes, oh, yeah, yes, yeah. yeah. He's a small guy. Yeah. Yet on that show, they managed to make him a, larger a, than life. A real badass. I mean, yeah. he didn't. He wasn't like big and imposing, but he was very skilled. Uh, so they managed to pull that off. I would like to see them extend with the Eternals. His character, remember in the Eternals, mm, he was the remind me. he was the uh, oh. the, the teacher love interest. Yes, who's yeah. kind of to he's, the side. He's going to be like Arthur, like of the Round Table. Like there's something going Something's on. Something's going there. on. Yeah, there. yeah. yeah. Is this Snowbird? Yes, it is. Oh, my God. Beneath it's snowing, man. <laughs> it's the Jon Snow Show. The unborn grass lies waiting for his coat. Okay, we have to get to the hook of this one. We have to have our... D.D. Cobb. 
Um, he, he has layers and different dimensions and he's emotional and physical. He's all the things that you want to play. I don't <laughs> give a f- New episodes of Animal Kingdom air Sundays 9 p.m. That's on TNT. Oh, these are the, um, this is like the gang and Ellen Barkin's The Matriarch. I think that's what it is. I don't know. Maybe. Yeah. Uh, it's been on for 39 seasons. <laughs> okay. Yep. Right? Is that a case? It's, I think so. Yeah, yeah. All right. There you go. Your entertainment report for mm-hmm. today, friends, from your entertainment experts here on the Preston and Steve <laughs> show. Uh, we have some stuff going on. We are going to meet the new Flyers head coach this morning. Very exciting. Yep. So John Tortorella is going to be joining us around 9 o'clock. He's the 23rd head coach in the team history. Yeah. And uh, we'll see what he has to say about uh, getting ready for next season. Um, and we have the blood drive rapidly approaching. It is on Friday. In fact, there's more details coming up on that right here. We'll be back in a moment. Stay with us. Get the latest on the world's greatest rock and roll band, the Rolling Stones, on WMMR.com. Find out which deep tracks they've been playing on tour, why they had to postpone a few shows, and read our list of the Stones' live albums ranked. Click Rock News on WMMR.com. In Delaware, Route 1 southbound at 273, the off-ramp closed because of an overturned tractor trailer with uh, what looks like sand on the roadway. When there was no meat, we ate fall. When there was no fall, we ate crow day. When there was no crow that had to be found, we ate sand. We ate what? We ate sand. You ate sand? That's right. <laughs> the vine westbound jams the Schuylkill Expressway on the ramp to go to the Schuylkill westbound. There's an accident off to the right shoulder, 95 southbound, slowing from Cotman through the bridge, and then a couple of things here in New Jersey. Uh, New Jersey Turnpike southbound at 195. There was an accident. That's now cleared. 42 north, slowing 41 to 55. 55 northbound slows Deptford to the 42 freeway, and then we have that closure because of the forest fire. 542 in both directions, closed between Green Bank Road and Columbia Road. This traffic report brought to you by the uh, no it's brought to you by Amtrak (laughs) ditch travel hassles and relax on the way to your summer vacay aboard Amtrak better summer vibes are just an Amtrak away book now at Amtrak.com and that's your traffic 93.3 WMMR all right thank you Kathy I love that sand clip (laughs) wait what Hey, what? <laughs> if you love that and that delivery, uh, you got to watch the unbearable uh, weight of massive talent. Oh, really? Because okay. Nicolas Cage is having fun with being right. Nicolas Cage. All right. That's great. That. Hey, real quick, I want to uh, congratulate somebody. Uh, you probably don't know the name, but we certainly do. You know, we're going to have uh, John Tortorella on later on, the new uh, head coach of the, uh, the Flyers. And there's a guy who's uh, behind the scenes to the general public. Uh, he's the senior director of communications, and he is retiring. A guy named Zach Hill, who we've known yeah. forever, uh, is hanging it up. And he, you know, when when we get the interviews with the guys or, yeah. or anything that has to do with uh, the team, Zach's our, our point person, and uh, he's awesome. And he's the best. I had no idea that he was at retirement age. Yeah, he's the guy been, looks phenomenal. He sure does. Yeah. And, uh, you know, anytime we've ever had a player come out to camp out for hunger, it's either been Zach Hill or, or lately Joe Seville has been helping, and Joe is going to be taking over Zach's role. Uh, both those guys are awesome. And I, I was reaching out to Zach last week to see if we could get Tortorella on. He's like, yeah, I'm probably going to be able to make that happen. And then he said, this is going to be Joe Seville's uh, department. And I said, okay. And then, like, a half hour later, the announcement came out from the team that Zach Hill was retiring. And I'm like, you son what? of a bitch. Mm. Um, but congrats to Zach because he, he deserves it. He's worked his ass off for a long time. And it, he's just a great dude. It seems, and also, he seems to have been blessed with loving what he does. Oh, yeah. Which is the, the most wonderful thing if you can achieve it. 
Uh, so that's that's good. But I guess I would, any ideas what he's going on to? We're just full. He's going to be a con- he's going to be consultant for a year, I think, yeah. just to stick around for thirty full years. But that probably means a, a much lesser role, and he can kind of do what he wants when he wants. Probably not go on the road as much. I read uh, an interview a- where he said he he wanted to become a solid gold dancer. Okay, oh, right. that, that's, well, that shows not, really, not even on anymore. Yeah. Well, it, it makes sense because he joined. He was originally with the Seventy Sixers. I'm reading a little bio here, and he started in 1987. There you wow. go. Wow. Uh, wow. All right. Cool. Well, congratulations, Zach. Happy for you, man. That's that's cool. But he's always been uh, really, really great. Uh, yeah. With us. So, um, other local things uh, to chat about. Uh, Steve sent me this article uh, this morning. Oh, okay. I guess we're really wow, wow. I guess it's part I wasn't of. Wasn't prepared for this. I wasn't either. Uh, for a city beat, but you know what? Actually, there are a few local semi with the pristine feet. Local things here that I can mention. Uh, Steve sent me this article uh, about the the Schuylkill River. Yes. Yay. Okay. <laughs> and how um, it is actually clean enough for recreation, such as boating or organized swim events, most days. But it is persistently believed by a majority of people as too polluted to go in or near. Yeah. Well. well they wouldn't have those like I mean, there are swims and stuff in there. Right? Yeah, well, that's what I was going to say. I've, I've swam in that river on uh, a couple of different occasions. I did a, a sprint triathlon in that river where I probably a little less than thirty seconds into my swim, I swallowed a mouthful <laughs> oh, of schuylkill. That's yeah. something they recommend you don't do. Yeah. Yes. Uh, I didn't do it on purpose, Steve. Sometimes <laughs> when you're swimming, when you go to breathe, the water just ends up in your mouth. Did um, you feel sick after? Kath, no, not even a little bit. But I was like, oh, my God, I'm going to die. I don't even think I'm going to make it to the end of this thing. All right, where were you? Where did the swim take place? Uh, Strawberry Mansion Bridge. Yeah. Uh, right, right around that area. Okay. So uh, right. we entered on the West River Drive area. You swam upstream for, uh, I guess, uh, so a So I think the perception case would be that if you get away from this area and go, you know, further further away, that you're, you're more likely to be in, yeah. in better but but this this makes the case that the, the schuylkills yeah i right? also swam upstream too All for good. month of stunts if you guys recall yeah, yeah. i swam the the across the schuylkill river and that was up in like the upper marion area there's a like a um like a rowing club up there right, 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 like right. A, yeah the vikings i think that might be called so them. apparently yeah the group and a consultant examined water quality for 71 miles of the main stem of the schuylkill from reading to southwest philadelphia surveyed 300 people to understand how the river is perceived and they found a big disconnect uh so this is according to elaine paul schaefer who's the executive director of the schuylkill river greenways national heritage area and she said it's been sort of a vexing issue for many many years and after so many years of truly being polluted, it has a terrible reputation that it doesn't deserve anymore. It's, it's true. Most people, be- I, I know I believed it. And she said, uh, we're trying to make the case that the public, that uh, to the public that the term Schuylkill Punch no longer applies. Schuylkill Punch. And people would turn toward the river rather than from it. So some- is it, at this point, what I guess and the gist of this article is it. You can keep a ladle by the river and occasionally go down and just take a sip, right? Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Make your iced tea with it, whatever you need to do. <laughs> it's very I like, refreshing. Yeah, I like Schuylkill Sun Tea. <laughs> yeah. You know? It's, it's great. so good. Yeah. Uh, uh, no, listen. So they said one of the main reasons that people have a bad perception of the river is the visible trash along the banks. And, well, and also it's brown. Like there are days but, where it's just, it looks like mud. Yeah. Well, well, that's, that's usually the after rain. rain. Yeah. yeah. And so that's, what? that's when you don't want to go in it. So they sampled uh, for E. coli bacteria uh, during both dry and wet weather at uh, the four locations that they were checking out. 
And separately, they sent out volunteers to record trash. They did all this stuff. So the E. coli concentrations were, it says, generally safe on dry days during swimming season months, but extremely elevated during and after storms. Oh, my God. At some locations, meaning the water was too <sighs> dirty for humans during those times. So here's the deal. So fecal waste will enter the Schuylkill, mm. and other waterways through failing septic tanks, leaking sewer lines, urban storm water runoff, and combined sewer systems that send overflow of untreated waste during heavy rains directly into the water. That's why if you see, like, slight flooding when it rains heavy, don't go in that water. I know you want to. Do you know what this uh-huh. makes me think of? It looks fun. Last year. Last year. Yeah. The big flood on 676 when they oh. were diving off into the... Uh, well, oh, my the, God. That's into right. Into that. Well, not only that, Steve, but the, the one guy who was jumping off of the bridge, I think it was like maybe the 22nd Street Bridge, what they showed afterwards was where this guy was jumping. There was a... And like a, a a road sign that this dude this almost did a backflip like right onto. Could have landed oh. on that sign. He could have easily landed on that sign. I didn't even think about that. Mm-hmm. And those things, yeah, that could cut you up. Could yeah. kill you. Mm-hmm. I wonder what happened to that guy. He's probably dead now, right? Like, you're actually doing. I need to find that guy, the kid who ate uh, horse crap when the going over one. We should. We should put a yeah. search out for yeah. these for these infamous people. The uh-huh. guy that jumped off the bridge, the uh-huh. dude that ate the horse poop, uh-huh. the guy that puked on the kid yeah. at Citizen. Uh, was that, or that might uh, have been the, the vet. That was, I think it was the park. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah we need to find these people. The guy that jumped into the river when it was flooded into 676, he might be immune to all diseases at this point. And Nick, point, he wasn't, the, he wasn't yeah. the only one. There, there <laughs> oh, were a yeah. couple of them that did that. Right, but he, he was the one that made the news. I mean, so that what they said, that had to be a massive concentration of everything that you're talking about. Oh, yeah, I would Ex- think so. Especially predicated on where it was. So so the bottom line is, when it when it rains heavy and that water turns brown, it's probably not poop, okay? It's probably, <laughs> it's mud. Poop. It's probably mud, but nonetheless, uh-huh. those E. coli levels are going to be elevated. Still, I, I, would, I would refrain from swimming in a river right down, you know, in this area. <laughs> I'm possibly, you know, upstream. I guess, you know, I, I might be more inclined to do that. Just away from a city population. It is nice, though, when you when you do see the river, Kathy, and it has kind of that, that greenish tint to it as opposed to the brown. The brown. It looks pretty then, you know? Yeah. After, like, leaving here uh, from work and, and getting on the Schuylkill, right, at Belmont, you, you have a clear view of it, and after it rains, I mean, it it just yeah. looks like flowing diarrhea. But he makes, <laughs> the article makes a good point, as you mentioned, Preston, it's the garbage tool yeah. along the banks. Yeah, so in, in this article, they say that trash is the deal breaker. Uh, it says here, for better or worse, there's a tendency that when people see trash, they think Unhealthy, polluted, and dangerous, according to John Jackson, who's a senior research uh, scientist. Shroud said, I think in terms of reaching the public, trash may be the pollutant I'm most concerned about. Uh, if we can't make the river look good, how will people ever believe that it's not polluted? And by polluted, I mean like the water is just in really un, uh, uh, unhealthy conditions. An overwhelming majority, 85%, cited trash and litter when asked about the main cause of river contamination. There you go. Uh, it says, what about chemicals? Uh, 66% cited chemicals and other toxins as either a major or minor problem, but the study did not sample chemicals, <laughs> so we do not know. Uh, though low-level chemicals such as mercury and PCBs in the river are generally low. Listen to this. So the Pennsylvania Fish and Boat Commission 
does have a fish consumption advisory for some parts of the Schuylkill. It's <laughs> the commission. <laughs> The commission says that long-lasting contaminants that also include uh, chloridane, Ooh. once used as a pesticide, and mercury can build up in bodies over time from fish. So this whole fishing thing is something that you see all the time because down by the SEPTA station um, uh, going into Maniunk, you see guys on that, that bridge <laughs> fishing right there, and I'm like... You really eat these fish? Listen, it says, so it advises limiting consumption of certain species of fish caught in various river segments to as much as one meal a month to only six meals a year. No. Teach a man to fish and he just yeah, eats six once times, for every yeah, six times, times a year. A year. Uh, or it advises not eating some fish altogether depending where they are caught. Uh, yeah, I would not. I would not do that. I would like to get more active in some of our waterways. Like, you know, the, the Pergillman Creek is nearby me. Would you ever scuba dive it? Not scuba okay. dive it. <laughs> oh. uh, but I do see kayakers, kayakers, ki- kayakers. Uh, and that should be, I should do that. Or, or some, canoeing, you know? I, we were thinking last summer was something we were, uh, my, uh, my wife and I were considering doing is, is trying that a little bit. Because there, there does seem to be a whole bunch of really good, um, you know, paths, water paths, whatever you'd call them. Uh, for for kayaking, yeah, and uh, we didn't get around to it, but maybe this year. So I know that that there's paddleboarding and kayaking things like that yeah. at, at at the shore in locations or pretty much anywhere there. But I prefer a river because you're you're going somewhere, right? You know what? You're you you're heading you're heading with the flow. Phoenixville has a few spots like uh, there's where the locks are in Phoenixville. There's the, there's like that canal, and you can uh, go in with kayaks there and go up and down the river, and it's really calm in most of those points. All right, I have sad news. I know. Well, I Nick know. just found this. Uh, the guy who puked on the little girl in 2010 died. Oh, uh, no. He yeah, died but, in 2014. Yeah. Okay. I didn't oh. know that. All right, so cross that I off. Take, we'll take him off the list. Yeah. Of, of, now we're still looking for the uh, raw sewage diver. Right, and, and the guy who ate poop <laughs> at the when Villanova won, right? Yeah. Okay. A rogues horse gallery. Poop. Yeah. Um, wait, right. horse poop? That was a Super Bowl. That was yeah. a was it Super Bowl? No, yeah, no, Super... it was Villanova. No, wait. No, it was, it was a Super Bowl. Bowl. It was a Super Bowl? Yeah. Remember? Villanova, yeah. they punched the horse. We need that guy. Right. <laughs> uh, hang on a second. Let me go to... I got uh, somebody who fishes the Schuylkill. I'm going to go to Bill. Hey, Bill, good morning. Good morning, Gadzooks. Gadzooks, what's up, buddy? How you guys doing? Good. What you want to tell us, man? Uh, I do a lot of fishing in the Schuylkill River, and most of the people that fish in that river actually just do catch and release. Okay, okay. that yeah. makes uh, sense. Yeah, I, I would never eat a fish out of that <laughs> river or probably no. any river in this area. All right, so so you fish regularly, and you would never eat one out of our, our local waterways? No, I, I would never. The only fish that I eat are the fish I catch in the ocean. Okay. So, Bill, would you would you if you're like way upstream, um, you know, um, you know, far removed from this area, would you consider eating something you caught in the Schuylkill? Oh, for sure. If you go up to like the the main tributary where it starts, oh, right? Yeah, for okay. Sure. All right. Yeah. That right. that's the way I feel about it as well. Bill, is there any good lake fishing around here? Or is that kind of Rare. Oh, there's 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 a lot of good lake fishing around here. Not okay. necessarily in Philadelphia, but South Jersey, Central Jersey. Okay. Oh yeah. All right. My, hey, Thanks, Bill. My uh, friend Ron, he goes to um he he does a lot of fly fishing, and the areas he goes to is the, the exact place where you you know where, where they're it's very removed. The water's much cleaner, and yeah. you assume the fish are more edible. I saw a guy fly, city fish. fly fishing into Ridley Creek State Park uh, last week. Okay. Uh, yeah, and it's not a huge creek. 
at all. Right. And so I, he was, you know, there in his little waders and everything like that. And, and I, I thought he was just regular fishing. And then I saw him doing the little fly thing. Yeah. I would love to do that. But it's I want cool. to do it like more. I did it in Utah with yeah. my dad. That's, that's. It was really cool. I want to be more like wilderness, not. You know, you know, you what? go to upstate New York and do that. That yeah. way, I have a friend who does it every year. It's very zen. It's very uh, nice, and uh, almost catching anything is secondary to the environment and all that stuff. Yeah, yeah. my buddy from college, Jeff. He, um, I think you hear me talking about this before. He's a big fly fisherman, dude. He got dropped off like by like some seaplane in like Alberta. Wow. And, yeah, I know, and was there and for it buried him. and it buried him. <laughs> I forgot we were talking about a fly fishing movie or something like that, Kathy, a while back. And then my your brother, brother, yeah, my brother did a documentary on. Um, he's like one of, the, I think he's like the number one fly fisher in the world, and he's okay. uh, lives in Belize. And uh, him and his kids get up and fly fish in the morning before the kids go to school. Was and, this movie released? Uh, yeah, it was in oh. film festivals, and um, yeah, God, wish I remembered the name of it. Because <laughs> it. A river runs through it by any chance? No, 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 no. It's, it's, the, it's the guy's Brad name. Pitt? I'll look it up. Well. All right, so anyhow, they're saying, these experts are saying we should not uh, look at the Schuylkill River as a disgusting, <laughs> horrible cesspool. It's better than you thought. Uh, yes. There's, there are some things to be concerned about, but it's better than you thought. Yeah. Um, I would go to other fish calls, and I appreciate that, but there's a couple other things I want to get to that are kind of uh, in our general area. We're headed down the shore now for these next couple of stories, but um, apparently... For decades, it was accepted uh, that uh, casino, the in- casino industry eliminating smoking would pretty much kill their revenue or or g- have some you know big losses. That's been the feeling for the longest time, and and that's it's always been something tough. When for me as a non-smoker, mm-hmm. when you go into a casino, uh, but a new report examining how the coronavirus has changed gamblers' habits says that it may no longer be the case. Uh, the report issued Friday by Las Vegas-based C3 Gaming comes as several states, including New Jersey, Rhode Island, and Pennsylvania, are considering banning smoking in all their casinos. Uh, the research firm says that its report was done independently, was not financed by any outside party, and it notes that the pandemic changed several key aspects of the casino experience, including the elimination of daily housekeeping in many places, closing off buffets, and an end to room service, all of which customers had gotten used to, and it suggests that smoking will be the next such change to be accepted. I don't want to talk out of turn here, but when we were at Parks for the sorority event, uh, it seemed as if I didn't there was... It. Smokers I were outside. Yeah. Yeah. They were out front. Uh, Did you see them? And, and occasionally, Steve, I like sort of dreaded walking through the casino floor to get yeah. to the other parts, and uh, I didn't smell one no. cigarette the whole way. And then when we were in the bar hanging out the whole time, I didn't see anybody smoking. And it was very pleasant. Yeah. So the report looks at casinos' performance uh, in numerous states and finds that those casinos that implemented smoking uh, prohibitions did not experience any drop in revenues Whoa. or lost market share to nearby casinos that continued to offer smoking environments. I mean, think about it. Like, you know, smokers are not going to go somewhere because smoking is banned, but non-smokers might go somewhere, not go somewhere because there is smoking But well, what they're saying is even smokers yeah. aren't put off by yeah. having it, you know... Yeah, so correct. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. So because the, they can go outside, you know, there, you know, there are areas. Generally speaking, you know, even in non-smoking facilities, like like Disney World, for instance, right? They have little areas that you can go to if you need to smoke, right? But smoke in, hot. In, well, but in the park itself, you know, you're not there. You know, you're yeah. not supposed to smoke. 
So the authors also predicted that smokers will uh, will not abandon Atlantic City casinos in droves if New Jersey bans smoking there, noting that due to smoking bans in Connecticut and New York and a smoke-free policy at Rivers Casino, Philadelphia, gamblers from New York, New Jersey, and eastern Pennsylvania would have only four <laughs> options. Can you still fish in the casinos? That offered smoking. The report <laughs> is the latest in a back-and-forth on whether there is evidence that smoking can be eliminated without harming casinos' bottom lines. Yeah. It also takes aim of the report commissioned in February by New Jersey's uh, casinos, predicting massive revenue and job losses if a smoking ban were implemented. But it's looking like that it's won't not the case. any yeah. effect. What about yeah. strip clubs? Remember for the for the longest yeah. time, I don't know if that's still the case. They I mean, were paying they, the fines. They were like, they whatever, were just paying the fines. Yeah, they're yeah, like, just yeah. fine us, and we'll pay the fine. Right? Uh, yeah. I don't know. I um, what about the health conscious strip club goer? <laughs> yeah, how about that. I generally I, I don't like the smell of stale cigarettes. Right. Uh, but I do like the smell of a burning cigarette still. Really? Yeah. Yeah. Just. Uh, what about you, Preston? You gave it up a long time ago. Uh, do, do you? Are you still occasionally enticed by the smell of a cigarette? No. Okay. <laughs> I hate it. Yeah, yeah. So cigars. You're the okay smell. With. I'm like, get away, cigars. I do like the smell of. There's a different pipe smoke. Actually, smells oh, yeah. great. Yeah, it smells sweet. fantastic. There's a sweetness to it. Yeah, mm-hmm. my wife did cold turkey. Um, you know, and and has been hasn't smoked in for, forever. But said if it was if it had no if there was no negative effect on your health whatsoever. Yep. she might be inclined to to do it now and then. Steve, since July of last year, Parks has been indoors, smoke free. Ah, they big, have a, that's they have to be why. Parks Casino has smoking patios and areas outside of the casino and the beer garden where you're allowed to smoke, uh, which is where we were, the beer garden. But uh, yeah, inside the casino, it's uh, smoke free. I haven't had a cigarette in. <clears throat> it's uh, I'm just a couple months away from uh, 20 years. Isn't that amazing? Yep. And I'm sure there was a time you thought that would never be the case. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I was a I was a chain smoker. You're a fly fisherman and a fly fisherman. <laughs> I would smoke and fly fish at the same time. I can't believe it's been that long. <laughs> yeah, 20. And well, Carter. Carter turned 20 years old yesterday. Oh, wow. Yeah, so that's how I, uh, that's that's how I remember. That's I quit six months after he was uh, born. You okay. put your last cigarette out in the placenta. <laughs> yeah. Oh Here, that's it. I'm done. <laughs> <laughs> I'm surprised they were letting you smoke in the delivery room. I know. Well, yeah. you know. Dude. I me. They let me do it. You ever smoke on an airplane? Um, I probably did, yeah, early, early on. When I was, uh, we went to Cancun for senior week, and I smoked a cigarette on Taesa Airlines. <laughs> I smoked a cigarette on the way down, and then I remember smoking a cigarette on the way back, and the guy behind me, <laughs> I lit it, and he was a scary dude, and he was like, you better put that out. And I was like, I'm going to put this out, right? And I <laughs> wow. put that right out, yeah. Okay. But I mean, they had like, um... Yeah, ashtrays in the little yeah. um, handles there. I so I remember clearly <laughs> flying on on uh, on jets uh, uh-huh. and planes where where they were smoking like crazy. Do you remember ashtrays uh, in the back? Of like the passenger seat and the driver's seat in a yes. car. Yes, sure. yes. Yeah. In the in the armrest. Yeah. yeah, yeah. No, not even in the armrest. On the actual back. On the of actual the... back of the seat. Oh yes, the, no, I know for what people you're in, about. The, yeah. right. in the back seat. Right. Yep. Absolutely. And a place to clean your fish. So, <laughs> by the way, the name of the <laughs> of my brother's uh, fly fishing documentary is Eworth. Okay, E-worth. that's the guy's name. Okay. Right. You got a descaler back here yeah, in yeah. the seat somewhere. <laughs> it's, it's right next to the ashtray. <laughs> <laughs> Why would they include this in a normal suburban car? People like to fish. People like to fish. I and mean, the, the <laughs> design of those things, they also press, if you remember those ashtrays, uh, to the right or left of the thing would, you know, would fold out. And it had this little thing. It was like a, a like a hole. And, Steve, what you would use that for is basically you would mold the cherry of your cigarette 
Oh, so it was yeah. just like a special so, way to ash it. Okay, yeah. so, okay, so I got it. So you're talking about that little nubby that would extend out that had a, a hole in it. A hole in I it. Was, so that I was to, to put it out in. Well, that, that was to put it out, I thought. You could do that, but also, like, if you wanted to, like, you know. Mold make, the cherry. Have a nice little. A sculpture of Lionel Richie's face. Maybe right. that's why what it was actually for was to put it out. But I was like, mm, I just like a, the, like a nice little cherry. Keep, <laughs> that's where you keep the dip. <laughs> All right, I have one more localish story that I want to get to. Uh, this is another uh, shore story, but Ocean City's police chief is urging parents to keep their kids under control amid an increase in juveniles recklessly riding their electric bikes, their e-bikes, yeah, and regular bicycles uh, through town, including two crashes in recent weeks. So have you guys those noticed? Elect- yeah, those electric bikes are everywhere. They are. And I was going to get one. And, and if you don't know how to ride it, like, every person that I know that's ever gotten on one has crashed it the first time they rode it. You really? got to spend a little time with it. Yeah. yeah. So, in a letter sent Friday to parents and students in the Ocean City School District, uh, uh, Chief Jay Patterman, or Prettyman, what a pretty You're man. You're a pretty man. Uh, stress that uh, police will hand out tickets to juveniles who spend, speed on their bikes or violate other traffic laws. Uh, so depending on uh, the age of the kids, the parents may be responsible for the tickets and also could be held liable for property damage. Um, and over the past few weeks, he said in a statement, uh, police have observed several juveniles operating electric bikes recklessly throughout town. The riders have been ignoring traffic signals and violating many New Jersey state motor vehicle statutes. Have you guys noticed that? Which is extremely dangerous. I haven't seen anybody driving stupid on them. No, I haven't seen that. But like, but I could see it happening. Yep, yep. Uh, Ocean City was in the news last week as well because, and, and juveniles again, like they were over taking the boardwalk and so much so that like the police were like, dude, can you just go on the beach because you're really causing, wreaking havoc for all these families that are just trying to like have a nice, quiet, you know, enjoyable night with their families. And so there was basically a giant party on the beach with like thousands of high school age kids. You guys didn't see the this ruffians. Yeah. No. Yeah. Uh-oh. Yeah, it was, um, yeah, they were being overrun and, you know, people were like, why don't you take your rock and roll and get (laughs) off the beach? So one boy was injured and taken to the hospital after he ran a traffic light on his e-bike and was struck by a car Wednesday at the intersection of 48th Street and West Avenue. Fortunately, his injuries were not severe. And another accident, a boy lost control of the e-bike that he was riding and rammed into some parked cars. Those things book, don't they? Oh, yeah. So what, what you can do anywhere. I was reading, I was reading here, you can do anywhere, like the only one that I've been on. I think got up to like twenty, mm-hmm. yeah, maybe twenty five. Clip, yeah, that's yeah. actually moving. But some have the capability of hitting forty five miles an hour or more, and that's dude, hauling yeah, ass. That's on too a fast, bike, dude. So, that's really hauling ass. Um, I was looking at it, a number of the bikes, and a lot of them put you in that speed range, Preston. Yeah, uh, and, and actually have a decent battery, uh, a charge time. The ones that freak me out are the uh, the electric skateboards. Yeah, because you'll see these people. Just flying just by, standing. Yeah. and so on a bike. At yeah. least you got brakes that you can yeah, grab. Yeah. Okay, on one of those things, you just gotta you gotta drop and roll. Yeah, man. yeah. I guess that's all you can do. I saw you know. a cat one on on one of those the other day. A cat? Yeah, yeah. Riding around. That's on, pretty awesome. Like kind of like a cat on a Roomba. There's yeah. a cat on an electric sca- skateboard. And it was uh, by himself, or adorable. did he have the owner with him? Uh, no, he was just sitting there like chilling. That's kind of cool. It was neat. Hey, bro. What's <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> up, dude? What's up? <laughs> What's up, cat? <laughs> um, yeah, so e-bikes have Stop. been growing in popularity during the pandemic and are regarded as an environmentally friendly form of transportation. They are now common sight on local streets <laughs> and the Ocean City border. Hi. Just chilling. No. 
like a villain. <laughs> uh, so they're gonna they're gonna start. Uh, Cracking down on this, uh, yeah. Tad, uh, at least well, they should. I mean, listen. I got out on the ride on Saturday, and I, I just checked my stats. I, I maxed out at twenty-seven miles per hour, which for me that is booking on a bike, and that's not an electric bike. That's just a regular, right? I'll call it a ten-speed. All right. So this uh, text came. It says electric bicycles are considered bicycles up till class three, which can go up to twenty-eight miles per hour. Anything over twenty-eight miles per hour, they're considered like a motorcycle. So yeah, I knew then, there had to be a cutoff point, right? So then I would imagine at that point you would have to follow every rule of uh, of a motor vehicle. What about you know, a class... Stopping at all stop signs and things like that. Yeah, okay, you'd be holding to the same rules of the road. Mm-hmm. A Class C bicycle for hauling freight. Yeah. <laughs> right? I don't know. I was, um, again, I was on my ride on Saturday in, in Avalon. There were signs that said all cyclists have to obey every single rule of the road. Like, I guess if you're a regular motorist, you you know. Well, even here, so generally speaking, if you're riding around on the on the street, you have to observe the rules of the road. Yeah. Right? Yeah. I mean, yeah. you have to stop a at, standard. A, at a stop light. Yeah. And, yeah. And, I, and I'll see occasionally yeah. cyclists just book right through. Yeah. And they're breaking the law. Yep. No, technically, yes, they are. All right. So uh, we're going to... Oh, really? Is it tight, <laughs> yeah. really? So we're going to go to this call. Uh, we had mentioned earlier we were talking about uh, the flooding uh, oh, yeah, uh, yeah, of the yeah. school call. And uh, then that got us on the conversation of the dude that uh, we saw the video of jumping off of the 21st Street Bridge uh, in, onto 76 into the water. He's on the line. Ah! Yeah, we got him. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> All right, is this Justin? It's Justin, guys. Good morning. Hey, how you doing, man? I'm doing great. All right, so that was you that we that we saw on the news. Uh, what was that last year? Yeah, last year. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. Are you doing the backflip? Doing the backflip. Oh my god, dude. Okay, it was great. It made national <laughs> it <was> news. <laughs> but well, it all... I'm also the dumpster pool guy. You're the guy that created the dumpster pool. Yeah. Oh my god. Well, we owe everything to you, man. We love yeah. our dumpster pool. <laughs> yeah. Didn't we consult you for that? Yeah. I I, so, we man. might have. Yeah. Okay. All right. Uh, so, yeah, what, uh, tell us. I mean, it's it's a year past since this happened, but uh, how things been since then? <laughs> Do you pee blood? You know, I'm, I I just I had to take advantage of the situation. Probably was never going to happen again. It might, <laughs> but I spent all summer last summer. You know, traveling around, jumping off of different cliffs, and wow, and the the bridge just like presented itself. All right. Did it bother you that that water was mostly poop? <laughs> uh, you know, I didn't really think about it that much. Right. Probably good. I was in. I was out. I, I, I immediately went home and showered. Okay. okay yeah. All right. Smart, we're, man. We're, we're watching video footage. That was one hell of a backflip, man. Yeah, man. Well, if you, if you look at the Instagram, uh, my it's full. My Instagram's probably full of uh, bonfires, uh, cliff jumping, and... Um, I don't know motorcycle rides. So, so you do you will do cliff jumping. You will, I mean, what's what's one of the really high ones uh, that you've jumped off? The highest the highest one I've done is about one thirty. Oh my was, god! This is thirteen stories. Yeah, it's big. Um, and uh, but I'll go all over that that week. I was at this place called Dorset Marble Quarry. It's in Vermont, and it's just like really beautiful uh, quarry turned into like a public swimming hole. And you can 
bypass and just jump off these, jump off the rocks, turn into the water. It's really nice. All yeah. right, so your your worst miscalculation doing this because. I did a double front flip once, and I over-rotated and smashed my face in the water. And it was oh, like, yep. black eye, bleeding. It was... I'll tell you, man, uh, Justin, uh, in Jamaica, they have a cliff that you can jump off of, and you got to explain how you got to do it and keep your limbs in tight and go in like a bullet. And I, I saw a woman, like, uh, she got scared, arms go out. You heard that crack of her... Her body hit, and she was bruised up, like, almost instantly. People don't you know, realize how that can hurt. You got to keep those arms tucked in. Yeah. Hey, uh, Justin, I feel like I saw not too long after you did the bridge jump there on 676 that they showed uh, after the water had subsided and uh, what was actually under there, and you were perilously close to jumping onto a street sign. Is that is that correct? It kind of, so, yeah, <laughs> but... When I went to go check it out, I like, I, I sussed it out. I went down there. I'm like looking at Google Maps. I'm looking at the bridge. I'm like, well, I can't see this sign, so the water's got to be at least eight or eight or nine feet. So that's why I was judging distance was off of that sign. And uh, if I were to do it again, I would probably want to jump off the sign, not the, you know. I got you. So your Instagram account is a Bomb Squad two one five. Is that right? That's right. And uh, how was Sizzler when you went there? <laughs> oh, my God. It was the worst. It was the worst. <laughs> Sizzler's legendary. We're like, that, that was in Puerto Rico. Okay. Oh. Puerto Rico's like home to all the defunct restaurants. Okay. <laughs> hey, but but going back to the to the diving, have you ever have you ever gotten a fine, been arrested, anything like that? Nope. Huh. Okay. I mean, they figure if you because you're all over the place doing this. I, we saw another city, obviously, that you were in jumping off the. Uh, so what's your what's your goal? What's in your bucket list to dive off of? It's uh, a good question. Yeah, I mean, do you just yeah. kind of, you just kind of riff when you're at a location, or is yeah, there... I'll I'll, uh, I'll I'll scour the maps for like watering holes, and then I'll try to like chat people up like hey have you heard of this or you know at this point people know i do it so they kind of recommend places i'm about to, i'm about to do this five-day motorcycle trip through the finger lakes and we have a bunch of pins that we're gonna hit all right wow you ever, you ever touch bottom from time to time well i did i made sure i touched bottom on 676 just so i could like springboard out of there <laughs> dude mm-hmm. you touched that's, I mean, it's miraculous. We Oof. still can't, you look at the footage, you still can't believe that was happening in oh. our city at that time. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> it's mind-boggling. You got a few spots you're going to hit this summer? Uh, yeah, so I got this place called Fawn's Leap. That's going to be in, um, looks like, in Pennsylvania. Then there's this one called Cass Den that's in, that's on Lake George. That's pretty well. So, so, so what, if I may ask, what do you do for a living that, that where you're uh, able to do all this traveling? I'm an architect. Okay. So, all right. Uh, I did that, uh, Justin. I did that one in Lake George. Uh, this was probably summer of like 96, 97, something like that. And I, okay, where you get, go ahead. Where you get the boat. No, sorry, go ahead. Yeah, no, yeah. We had to take a boat there and uh, it, it was Cat's Den and I jumped off. And for whatever reason, I landed so awkwardly <laughs> that I got this crick in my neck with, uh, and, oh. and I, I couldn't. And be held under the boat. I'm not an athlete by any stretch of the imagination, but it was probably the least athletic moment of my entire life. So be careful. <laughs> and I'm sure your friends didn't let you. Uh, <laughs> no, no, yeah, lots of support the whole weekend. Yeah. It was brutal. Yeah, <laughs> wow. Dude, that's pretty wild, though, man. You're, you're living the life for this. It's pretty cool. Oh.
Yeah, I try to get it in. Yeah. We're watching. I'm I'm now on your Instagram account. And I'm watching a video where you tried to take a skateboard <laughs> skateboard off of a ramp into oh, a lake. Well, so I rented a I rented a quarry in West Virginia. You can do that. Yeah. Oh man, Preston. Oh, okay. I built this ramp. Uh, I built it at home and I put it in a box truck and drove it down there. Set it up for like five days, and then ultimately <laughs> oh at the end of the. Tr- at the end of the trip, we set it on fire. And, uh, <laughs> of course. <laughs> it was the end of the trip. You didn't need it anymore. Well, yeah. I'm watching the video, and you're going down the ramp, and you hit your, your board hits something. The board stops. You do not, and, and you roll up the ramp and over into the water. That one looked pretty yeah. brutal. It was pretty brutal. That, that's actually not me. That's actually my boy Fall Guy. But, uh, all right. Uh, okay. Did he do it again or no? That was it. No, no, that was it. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, pretty banged up. Yeah. Um, you, I, so there's... There's two. I think there's another video of it, like a little faster. Okay. Yeah. Well, uh, watching now to find it. I'll I'll check that out when we when we take a break. But but uh, yeah. like Nick said, your Instagram account is Bomb Squad Two One Five, and actually, there's some pretty cool videos here. It I looks like, like a good follow. Yeah, yeah, that's pretty awesome. The uh, the firework one's pretty ridiculous. That's closer to the top. It looks like an explosion, but it's like we we stuff like um, fifteen hundred bottle rockets into a into a coffee can and then just lit it on fire. <laughs> so, so dude, we have to Why so you you're like you're like the the two opposite worlds colliding. You're a an architect and you're a member of the jackass set. So yeah. it's like yeah. it's two yeah. improbable things joined together. You have to let us know when there's stuff coming up. Uh, you know, we don't right. want we don't want to get you discovered or ticketed or find or shut down, but if it's something you can alert us to ahead of time, we'd love to uh to, to be there or or you know, at least get you know, get the uh the, the pre and post uh show for sure. yeah. yeah. You know, Casey well, was the founder of the Jumpers you Club. You could be you could be in the Jumpers Club. You could. I gotta tell you one just one little plug real quick. Um there's a T shirt company called Cheesesteak Peas, right? And he made a couple uh T shirts he made a dumpster pool one, and he made a Vine Street Expressway one. And check his Instagram out. He's very Philly centric. He does like um, neighborhoods, but like with a Philly twist. Did he? Yeah. Did he? Help, so he helped you with the dumpster pool? No, 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 no. Oh. Okay. He just made t-shirts. Made right. t-shirts. All right. Wow. Okay. Excellent. All right, Justin. Thanks for the call, man. It's nice talking hey. to you. Everybody hit me up. I was asleep. All my friends were like, hey, I think we're talking about you on the radio. Yeah. <laughs> Excellent. Nice. All right, buddy. Hey, have you a good have day. A great day, man. All right. We'll hey, see you later. On. All right. Well, there later. you go. Asking you shall receive. Dude who jumped off of 676 <laughs> in that flood last year or off of the bridge on the 676. So I like this. There's a shirt up uh, that they put up on the screen here. Vine Street Swim Club. Oh, nice. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, he's got some cool vids. All right. Anyway, uh, that's it. That's all we have time for in the City Beat, gang. So hopefully you got something out of that. Uh, we do need to take a break because we got guests on the program. we got things to do and bizarre file stories to share. But a little bit later on this morning, uh, new coach of the Philadelphia Flyers, John Tortorella, yeah. will be joining us. Or Tortorella. Sorry about that. you will probably kill me for saying that. Tortellini. Tortellini. We'll be That's back exactly in a moment. That's exactly what I think every time. Tortellini. <laughs> be back in a moment. Stay with us. Preston and Steve. Their name is their address. Uh, on, on the web. PrestonandSteve.com. Well, it's finally time to start firing up the grill. From city to shore, Acme has everything you'll need to prep for this summer season. Download the Acme app to shop for this season's essentials any way you want. Open the Acme app, clip your deals, then order your items online. 
an experienced Acme associate will carefully select your groceries, bag your order, and bring it right to your car or deliver right to your door. Download the app or visit acmemarkets.com for program details. Now, back with more of the Preston and Steve Show podcast. All right, Bizarre File, we're ready. Bizarre. WMMR presents Preston and Steve's Bizarre File. Sponsored by A.D. Moyer Lumber, trusted expert since 1939. A.D. Moyer Lumber is your professional source for decks, windows, doors, kitchens, millwork, and more. Visit them on the web at admoyer.com. Start with a story in Florida. A Port St. Lucie man is being credited for quick thinking, helping police arrest three men accused of kidnapping him. It was around 10.30 p.m. Deputy Cameron White and his partner uh, were looking for anything suspicious. He said, we observed a car that was traveling above the speed limit and had really dark window tint. Uh, White said that uh, once they started to follow a car, the driver swerved across multiple lanes. Deputies pulled the car over, asked the driver and three passengers to get out of the car. After a short while, the deputies told the four men that they were free to go. And the passengers went back to the car, but the driver didn't move. Mm-hmm. He said, so I thought that was strange. I let him know again, hey, you're free to go. You can leave if you want to. And we're standing here on the highway. I don't want you to get hit. He said, eventually, the driver started walking, but behind his back... He flashed a signal to the deputies using his hands to simulate firing a gun. He said, that made the hair on the back of my neck stand up as well as my partner. We kind of looked at each other like, what's going on? So they called the driver back. He asked him to act like they were writing him a ticket and told them what was going on. He said, he's like, these guys in the car, they've been holding me hostage. There's guns in the car. I need help. Help me, please. Deputies went back, searched the car, found two guns hidden inside. The three passengers were arrested. Apparently, they had broke into the victim's home, stole money, and then demanded he drive them to Miami where they could access more of his money. They weren't expecting the victim to use bad driving to alert the police. Smart thinking. And apparently, uh, White said uh, his words were, Dude, you're so clutch. You saved me. I intentionally drove sketchy so that you would stop me. That's so fetch. Yeah, that's so fetch. Uh, The three uh, suspects are currently in the county jail. So because he was driving erratically... It got the attention of the police. They pulled him Was over. Was there a point at which he turned it and put his index finger to his nose to indicate that they got? Uh, I don't yeah, know. Like, like in the charades. Yep. Uh, a Home Depot employee was impaled by a crowbar oh. at a store in Roswell on Tuesday. Uh, police said the victim, 54-year-old woman, was standing on a forklift in the store's receiving area when she was impaled by a crowbar that was sticking out of a cardboard compactor. When officers arrived, she was pinned with the crowbar through her rib cage and stuck in the cardboard compactor behind her. Uh, Firefighters cut the crowbar just enough to get her detangled from the uh, compactor and transported her to the hospital uh, with a part of the crowbar still impaling her. Since they were in Roswell, I'm surprised an alien did not step in and heal her with their capabilities. The, seen in movies. The victim had surgery late uh, Tuesday night and is expected to recover. Police said uh, the mother of two is stable. Could E.T. do that? Did, 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 did E.T. have powers of healing? Did his finger heal? Yeah. Yes. I don't it remember. Did. It did, right? Yeah. Or, or did it... On Halloween, he thought that... Uh, I can do basic stuff. I the- can't do any cosmetic surgery. Uh, the, the, uh, crowbar, yeah, maybe. Yeah. Ouch. He thought the, the older brother had a knife through his head because he was wearing that costume with a... Uh, oh, the the yeah. arrow, the actually, arrow. right? Yeah, well, yeah whatever. It an arrow I think it's a knife, but I whatever. Right. I, I, didn't, I never saw it. Yeah. <laughs> Lived it, right. Dottie. 
So, uh, apparently, it's unclear how the accident happened, and uh, she is... It's a whole lot of stupid for my... She is uh, she's stable at the hospital, by the way. Uh, uh, that, how do you get something through your ribs? I know. Without and hitting something without very... Without hitting your liver yeah. or a kidney or I don't something. get that. Yeah. All right, so this is a local story, so it's a little bit sensitive, uh, but a, a a man died after an oxygen generator caught on fire. This is in uh, North Coventry Township, Coventry Township in Chester County. It happened Friday. Firefighters called to the home just before 8.15 a.m. for a person who was injured by fire from a medical oxygen generator. Uh, first responders attempt to perform CPR on the male victim. A release uh, from the police said the man was attempting to light a cigarette while wearing a nasal cannula for oxygen, causing an oxygen-induced flame. You hear about this from time to oh, time. Yeah, sadly, it's you can't do that. And it uh, it caused a big, nasty flame, and it, it ended up killing him. He was taken to Pottstown Hospital. It's so sad. Died. Yeah, exactly. Just have to be super careful with that. A man was arrested this week by police on suspicion of peeping with a video camera during a graduation party. This has got a few levels of oh my God to it, okay? So officials said that they were dispatched to a residence because a GoPro video camera that was hidden in a cat litter box in the bathroom was discovered. Police said the owner of the residence was hosting the party for their 17-year-old student. Mm. When the camera was discovered, it had been recording for 30 minutes. No one at the home admitted to owning the camera. Upon investigation, though, after watching the GoPro video, police saw the suspect, recorded himself, placing the camera in the litter box. This is the dad of one of the students. horrible. Uh, Charles G. Carell was arrested. Police said that he is the ex-husband of the party's host. Detectives obtained a search warrant for Corell's property. Detectives seized potential electronic devices that will have to be processed. Where can I put this camera where it will be observed? And further examined. I'll put it in the kitty litter. Uh, he was booked on peeping charges. Uh, I don't want to get some upskirts here. Taken to the county jail. Imagine that's your dad. Oh, my God. Oh, Imagine my that's your dad. God, yes. All right, and then we'll do one more story, and then we'll wrap it up. Uh, several patrons were attacked by a gang of young adults or juveniles on bird scooters in downtown Abilene, Texas on Friday morning. So, yes. Like the snowbird. I think that's the company that oh, makes these. Okay. So, oh. A witness of the attack said that he was with a group of people leaving a bar just before 1 a.m. when they were approached by the bird scooter gang. Uh, the witness said that the bird scooter riders began harassing them, saying really inflammatory things, and even trying to throw a scooter at their group. The witness says that his uh, group was finally all getting into vehicles uh, to leave when a member of the Bird Scooter Gang came up to the one of them the and scooter gang. punched him. <laughs> <laughs> then a female member of the, the uh, patron group was attacked, prompting a large physical altercation between the patrons and the Bird Scooter Gang. Uh, video of moments leading up to the altercation shows the Bird Scooter Gang, a group of at least 9 to 10 individuals harassing the patrons. A third party called police, but the Bird Scooter Gang fled the area. And then it was off to Sturgis. Uh, before officers arrived at the scene. Uh, so two members of the patron group did receive visible injuries and are seeking to press charges. Police are investigating this as an incident of assault. And Bird Scooter says that the operators have to be 18 years or older to use their motor vehicles. So these are these rental, you know, I guess, electric scooters or whatever. They're the Bird Scooters, and uh, they're causing some havoc. All right, there you go. That is what I have. 
in the Bizarre File for you. All right, we're going to break. We're going to come back in a moment. Don't forget, we're going to have head coach John Tortorella, the new head coach of the Flyers, on with us around 9 o'clock, so not too far from now. We'll be back in a moment. Stay with us. Hey, gang, a huge thank you to everyone that signed up for the I Bleed for Preston and Steve blood drive. Appointment slots are pretty much full, so we just want to remind everyone that has signed up to please be on time for your appointment. And if you couldn't get into our event this year, we encourage you to find a blood drive near you. We want to thank each of our donation locations. The Greater Philadelphia Expo Center in Oaks and the Event Center inside Live Casino in Hell, Philadelphia. All donors get the newest Preston and Steve t-shirt and on-site refreshments, including Everfresh Juice. Plus a reusable tote bag from our friends at Window Nation. The I Bleed for Preston and Steve Blood Drive, benefiting the American Red Cross. Sponsored by Recovery Centers of America. For addiction and mental health treatment, call 1-800-RECOVERY. From 93.3 WMMR, putting Philly first. A little later on, we're going to get head coach John Tortorella of the Flyers, new head coach. We're going to chat with him uh, in just a few minutes. But in the meantime, uh, time to talk about some other things. I uh, caught this article over the weekend, and it's a phenomenon that I think we've all had experience with. I had a couple of weeks ago uh, the scenario where I woke up like, I don't know, hour and a half before my alarm was going to go off. Yeah. And just could not get back to sleep. And uh, But I, it can be even worse when you wake up like maybe 15 minutes before your alarm is going uh. off or 10 minutes where it's like you have to do that dance of... Okay, do I try to go back to, or is this, what's the point? Don't I just go ahead and get up now? That's what I do. It's so unsatisfying. Because, because the truth of the matter is, is that, so I, I have, you know, two alarms set to go. I almost always, 95% of the time, beat the alarms up, you know, like mm-hmm. by a, a two or three minutes, you know. But you get that 10-minute Preston, you get mm. that 11 minutes, and you're like, what the F do I do now? Right, right. It's like, just get up. Because I find it... it all the, the, the bull crap of what do I do, what do I do sitting in bed, it's just it's a waste. Get up and expend that energy getting ready and, get, and you know, and just get on with your day. It, but, uh, but, I mean, it always has to sit right in that sweet spot, right yep. in that horrible sweet spot. Um, according to the National Institute of Health, studies across the globe show anywhere from 10 to 30 percent of the population struggles with insomnia. Well, that I don't have. Uh, defined as consistently difficulty, uh, difficulty falling asleep and the inability to return to sleep after going to bed. Well, if you so example, if you get up at so I get up at three thirty, three thirty five. Uh, if I wake up at. Two o'clock. I'm not going to have any trouble getting back to sleep. Mm-hmm. Uh, but if I wake up again, you're looking at the, the alarm clock, yep. and you know you just have minutes. That's where it becomes a pain in the ass. I have had the the, the few weeks ago where I I, I get up at three fifty and I woke up at two, and then I lay back down. I'm like, okay, go back to sleep. Yeah, wait, I can't go back to sleep. <laughs> oh man, I can't go back to sleep. Lay there for like forty minutes. It's like okay, screw it. I'm getting or- up. There's the other thing where, and I've had it happen, it's not, it's sort of tangential to this, which is the uh, absolutely not having any idea what, oh, I thought, for some reason in my mind, I thought one was three o'clock and, yeah. uh, you know, invert, and I came in hours early. I told you, the, yeah. you guys, that one that one morning. But So do they recommend anything if yeah. you're, you're going to have that, Actually, that yeah. 10 to 15 minute pre-wake up? And by the way, there's, um, I, I was not familiar with this. It, it, it goes into a little bit more of insomnia. It says uh, they can have a combination of nocturnal awakenings 
and what's categorized as early morning awakenings. You should have those a lot, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. But, I mean, as opposed to just... Uh, the study finds that some people may experience early awakenings without other insomnia symptoms, such as difficulty initiating sleep. So some people can't get to sleep, but a nocturnal awakenings and non-restorative sleep, meaning sleep that is substantial even with the recommended hours, but... Um, so- I mean, obviously, that we, isn't substantial. I'm sorry. And um, we we sing the praises, the truth. Uh, with the sleep number bed, I get a full night's sleep. Doesn't mean though you won't wake up a few minutes early, and when you do, that's that is an annoying thing. I'd like to find out how to deal with. I have all of these things. Everything do you, you described. Yeah, I got bad insomnia. I have trouble falling asleep. I have trouble staying asleep, and then uh, the waking up before the alarm that happens to me too. So, it, like, I I can't remember the last time I got a good night's sleep. All right, so the constant waking up before uh, that daily sound of your alarm uh, is coupled with an immense frustration about not falling back to sleep. And that stress can feel isolating and all-consuming, taking more precedence (laughs) than the initial sleep problem. So you just (laughs) worrying about... Yep, that's it! And that anxiety creeps in. falling back to sleep, and then then it's this cycle. Yeah, oh, I can't fall back to sleep. Why can't I fall back to sleep? Oh, I really can't fall back to sleep. And then all of that, and then your brain just starts going and going and going. Now, if I I fall asleep now, how many minutes will I actually sleep for? Yeah, Yeah, you start doing the damn math, (laughs) and your brain's working numbers, and you're like, what the hell? So... If you wake up suddenly in what feels like the early morning hours, resist checking the clock. You guys know my little method. I yeah. turn the clock around so I can't see it. Uh, finding out it's 3 a.m. when you are set when you set the alarm for 7 can cause increased stress about the hours of sleep uh, that you hope to attain. Uh, it says you look at the clock. It's, it's 3 o'clock in the morning, light clockwork, and immediately tension might grit your teeth. You think of all the demands, <laughs> how awful it is to be... Uh, when you're sleep deprived and all this mental processing and agitation is antithetical to the sleep state, it's making you more alert and aroused. aroused. Oh, yeah. Massive boner. Uh, versus sending the signal to the brain <laughs> that it's okay to drift. Oh, yeah. If your alarm is on the phone, checking the clock can pose an even more significant triver- trigger. Look, he's got a boner. <laughs> <laughs> That's one of my favorite clips. I love it. Play it again. Okay. Look, he's got a boner. <laughs> Considering getting an alarm that isn't attached to your phone, they say. So when you actually pick up the phone and start looking at it, that can cause you to stay a little bit at work. Now, this is what I did not know, okay? I did not know that. And, Steve, this is not the waking up 15 minutes before. This is waking right. up like a couple hours ahead of time. Oh, all right. So, paradoxically, experts say you should get out of bed, even at 3 a.m. I had always heard, what? stay in bed. What? Just keep staying there. It says, abandon the idea of getting back to sleep. When you do that... When you let the pressure go that sleep isn't so uh, effortful, sleep is more likely to come back. I'll be fine in surgery later on. Uh, In a Mm -hmm. stimulus control technique, you can distract your brain with a mundane task to help bring back drowsiness faster than staying frustrated in bed. Like Like, tap dancing? Is that mundane? (laughs) Yeah. That's that's kind of dynamic and exciting, though, isn't it? Oh, I guess you're right. Yeah. Yeah. So what is a mundane task? I, that's a good question. They don't recommend anything uh, in this. Paint your bathroom. List. So, yeah, get up and uh, uh, clean out the garage. Uh, It says, as soon as that little voice comes on, uh, change the environment. Get out of bed. Try to reset your brain and keep the lights low. Uh, Mentally assigning the bed with sleeping helps people associate positive sleep thoughts with their space. Leaving the room when agitation sets in can separate the frustration from the bed. So what you're looking to do is extract those connections. That makes sense. All right, here you go, Nick. Anything from reading a book to knitting. Okay. 
or listening to soft music. At, our, at 3 a.m. Are Santeria rituals, would they fall into this category? Sacrificing a chicken <laughs> at 3 o'clock in the morning might not be a good idea. I, I try to read sometimes. You know, that seems to like, uh, you know, having a book at the, you know, on the bed stand or whatever, that might help. Do you, would it help more if you were to actually leave the bed, go into another room and, um, Read like in a chair. Yeah, maybe, probably, right. And that's what they're suggesting here, right? You disassociate that deal. I think part of the problem for us is just inherently the time at which we have to get up in right. the morning. You know, yep. like it's just too damn early, and because it's that early, I know that in the back of my mind, and so like I, I put pressure on myself to get a there. good night's sleep. Yeah, yeah, and that just it that makes it worse. Mm, the Kathy Romano story, chapter one. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> Could you imagine if that was the book he was reading? You'd never sleep. I like the idea of uh, of getting up and knitting in the middle of the night. Knitting, 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 knitting. <laughs> he doesn't sound relaxed. That'll put you nope. to sleep. I have a uh, an alarm clock that actually projects the time on the ceiling. So, and I I actually like that. I. I when I wake up and I'm not sure what time it is, I'm just as many times I'm comforted by the fact that I have uh, two hours, an hour and a half left to sleep. Mm. You know, that it doesn't bother me that much. Many people are texting in saying that pleasuring themselves uh, helps them get back to sleep. What about a stranger? Pleasuring a stranger or a stranger pleasuring you? You walk around on, would you Would you like a handy? I'm sorry. I, I'm having trouble sleeping. <laughs> I noticed you were walking your shih tzu. Can I give you a hand job? That's kind of a mundane task, right? <laughs> it's pretty boring for the giver, right? Thank you very much. Yeah. All right, I'm going to bed now. <laughs> Oof, I'm pooped. <laughs> uh, progressive muscle relaxation may work. Start, okay, so like morphine. Uh, no, not muscle relaxers. Oh, I'm sorry. Muscle relaxation. So start at the toes, clench the given muscles for three seconds, and release. And then Kathy, breathe through this process, the 478 oh, breathing exercise. Is. You guys have raved about this. Coupled with muscle relaxation can be successful. I, Kathy, I did it not that long ago. Please yeah. explain it again. You want to do it or me? We could do Why it. Why don't you do it together you explain and it and I'll do the breathing. No. Okay, so <laughs> what you do is you breathe in through your nose for four seconds. You hold your breath for seven seconds, and then you let that air out for eight seconds. And then you repeat the process. And I, I think I do it like five times. Yeah I, yeah, I do it like four or five times. And you're usually good after that. And, and, and it's yep. not like it knocks you out immediately. Like, like I remember every time I'm like... I'm is, not sleeping. This is dumb. It didn't work. And then the next thing you know, you're waking up. And then you wake up and you're like, oh, my God, that thing works. It works. It actually does work. So it slows your heart rate down. And it helps you get into that and it just help, Yeah, it helps you relax. Mm-hmm. Yep. And I would imagine you could... Excuse me. Why? So, yes, you breathe in through your nose for four seconds. Hold for seven. Okay. Breathe out through eight, and it works great. Man. It has a regulating effect, and you yeah. think you're more inclined to fall asleep after that. Now, it also says others may find that yoga uh, may help. Or cottage cheese. Like getting up and doing yoga. Oh, or yoga. 3 a.m. <laughs> Honey, what are you doing? I'm doing sleeping dog. Yoga. Uh, meditation or reading can help when you wake up before the alarm. But I don't no. think any of that yoga. would help me. Really? I would be exhausted. Uh, I like the kind like you're supposed to be, but you're. So are they saying to stay awake? No, 
I mean, we well, yeah, get up and do this, asleep. and then you can go back to sleep easier. Yeah, no. So, okay. so these are obviously hours, as you said earlier. These, these aren't just minutes. I can see yeah. where that. So, for me, if it has happened, like that's why I've just come into work, Preston. Uh, on those certain times, I'll just get ready and <laughs> yeah. And, uh, uh, what, and you have as well. You yep. did just recently. Yep. What am I doing? In. I yeah. may as well just go in. You know. Next uh, time, do yoga and try to go back to sleep. Yeah. Let me let me get some calls. Go sleep driving. I have a psychologist, uh, Jenny, who's on the line. Hey, Jenny. Good morning. Good morning, guys. Hey, what's up, Jenny? Uh, no, I yeah, I'm a psychologist, and I actually work in a like primary care office. And so much of what I help people with is sleep challenges and anxiety stuff. So these things you guys are talking about are, are right on point. Um, the four, seven, eight breathing for sure. And the idea of getting up out of bed, either when you can't fall asleep initially, or if it is that middle of the night, like they said, we call it the twenty twenty rule. So if you lay in bed for more than 20 minutes and you're still tossing and turning, your mind is still racing and you're awake, yeah, the best thing to do is get up and do something quiet and boring for another 20 or 30 minutes, 20 minutes and then okay. try again. So don't try to force it. So years and years ago, and I, I've, I've say, I say it in the commercials because it's true with the sleep number you know, and everything, it's, it's been much better. My sleep has been very consistent over the years, but the um, prior to that... Um, occasionally I'd be like, Nick, I'd have, I have, you know, difficulty getting to sleep. And so the, Mm -hmm. the notion of trying to force sleep while you're in bed is a losing proposition, correct? Exactly. Right. It just gets yourself more worked up and then you start to associate your bed with, this is where I lay down and I'm stressed Mm. rather than this is where I lay down and I sleep. All right. I I have a question for that, for that. If you get up for, for, you know, you're laying in bed 20 minutes, you toss and turn and get Mm -hmm. back to sleep. You need to get up for 20 minutes. I would assume you don't want to get on a screen, your phone or your laptop. Exactly. Exactly. Right. We say no screens. Don't scroll your phone. Don't turn on the TV. You know, my go-to is like, just do something lame, like read the refrigerator manual, like something just totally, you know, non-stimulating. And Mm. and like they said, keeping it dark um, and quiet. So, 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 well, so nothing that actually engages you. Right, because you don't want your brain to wake up more. Okay. So, so you then read a book, you know, that you're not too, you know, if you're not the kind of person that'll get sucked in and have to finish the whole thing. The Kathy Romano story. <laughs> <laughs> so, so then, Jenny, and this is a legitimate question. I assume yeah. then that, like, pleasuring yourself maybe not a good idea? Well, for some people, you know, it does. It gives you that relief and you get exhausted and you okay. can fall asleep afterwards. Okay, so it's not off the table, right? Right. Okay. Right. Thank God. Uh, no. Uh, no. So, so I, I, to me, I guess the presumption that you're doing something that would bore you, or at least, right? Could you? So, anything with a screen though is going to be like if you were to put on right. a, a documentary on drywall and watch that. Um, but, you know, we always talk about the blue light, you know, okay. telling yeah. your brain it's time to wake up, like, you know, mm. any, any light. So that's why you do want to keep All the right. light dim. Jenny, and everything like that. What, what about this? What, and, and I thought this article would touch on this, but it really didn't. But what, what about you wake up like 15 minutes before your alarm goes off? And... Yeah, that's a tough one. Normally, I would say just get up because it's better to go with your body's natural cycle rather than get, you know, start falling back asleep for another 10 minutes. And then you're more groggy, you know, my, kind of my, those 15 minutes later. So, Jenny, my internal clock wakes me up just about a, a minute, two minutes ahead of my, my actual alarm. Uh, yeah. uh, which is actually a nice thing. I can shut it off before it startles me, and, and that's good. Yeah, that's great. So, okay, yeah. so that's that's a desirable thing. You okay. trained your body when to get up. All right, excellent. All right, cool. All right. Excellent. Well, thank you, Jenny. Thank you, 
Thank you guys for sharing these good tips. Bye-bye, yeah, cool. Jenny. <laughs> Bye-bye, Jenny. Um, hang on, let me go to Patrick. Hi, Patrick, good morning. Hi, uh, Gadzooks. Gadzooks, what's up, buddy? Hey, uh, so I actually have this condition um, called sleep paralysis. Okay. And uh, it's basically when your brain is awake, uh, but your body is still in that REM sleep cycle. So uh, your your body's pretty much locked up. Okay. And um, sometimes I will actually, uh, I'll, I'll wake up in sleep paralysis uh, when my alarm's going off and I can't turn it off at all. Wow. Um, you're actually, kinda, you're actually sort of paralyzed. Yeah, yeah, I can't move at all. I can move my eyes around and uh, and and everything else, but I just can't move my body. That's gonna be uh, terrifying. Do you know what's happening? Yeah, yeah, yeah I, I know exactly when it's happening. Oh, he fell asleep. <laughs> oh, <it's true. laughs> Jesus. Hey, Patrick, have you ever had someone speaking to you, uh, and then later on you can tell them what they were saying? Uh, yeah, my uh, my girlfriend actually uh, sometimes she talks in her sleep and. Um, and I can I can hear every word, and I just I just can't move my body. Wow, yeah, Patrick, it has to be kind of a wild picture to see you there, locked up with your eyes open, her asleep, talking away. It's got to be oh, a yeah, weird absolutely. dynamic, yeah. All right, so yeah. what what are the dangers that come with sleep paralysis? Um, I don't think there's really any dangers okay. uh, since your body is still in the REM sleep cycle. Um, you can have hallucinations. Uh, I've I've seen a few, uh, like you know, shadows on the wall or whatever, mm. but it it doesn't really bother me that much i'm kind of used to it now <laughs> wow okay interesting and you, yeah. when how long you've been suffering from this uh since i was a kid no kidding uh, you know, it's yeah. interesting you wonder with things like this when people talk about seeing you know like, thanks patrick you know with, with apparitions or whatever i wonder you know how much of that is born of conditions like this yeah good question i'm gonna go to gene who has insomnia hey gene good morning you're a crumb creep <laughs> You're a lush. lush. Yeah. I'll take you out back and make you go to sleep. What's what's happening, Gene? You're a creep. Depression. Every, every night I wake up um, sometime between 2 and 4. Uh, I don't have to get out of bed until 5.30. So do you, do, you, do you go back to sleep, uh, Gene, or, or are you able to? Generally not. Sometimes okay. I'll just lay there. I never got out of bed and did anything like the psychologist. Try that. Are you, are you willing yeah, to? I, to, I will. Yeah. See, I mean, I, I'd never cross my mind. I always thought that the idea was to stay where you are and right. just try to settle back in. Work through it. Yeah. The it's worst cat. thing I did, the doctor prescribed me something called Ambien. Yeah. Um, let me tell you, that is a nasty, nasty pill. Maybe, um, maybe you could try uh, counting sheep. One, two, three. There it is. There, there you go. go. <laughs> um, uh, it didn't work, Steve. <laughs> that was no, but um, yeah, give this thing a shot. But Ambien was uh, that that was nasty for you. Every day uh, after, I would rather not sleep and than have a day. After taking one of those, it's like you have a really bad hangover the entire day. <sighs> people with, just the side effects really yeah. outweigh the benefit. Okay. Yeah, people with inc- chronic insomnia who have that have to deal with that issue. To me, to know usually the joy of being able to go up and get into bed and you're going to relax oh. down and rest. That's the absolute opposite for someone who has uh, insomnia. Yep. All right. Uh, th- Thanks, Gene. We appreciate the call. Good luck with everything. Creep, lush power. <laughs> That's your sleep therapist. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, anyhow, obviously there there's some things you can do, but getting up and moving around is one that you wouldn't consider right. being the right thing to do. Uh, the breathing technique square as well. Square dancing. As well. Maybe a quick square dance. <laughs> a little Alaman left, maybe. Um, so, anyhow. 
Take those for what you will if you've been having problems. Uh, we do need to take a break and come back in a second because we have a guest. We're going to meet the new head coach of the Flyers. Yeah. Uh, and uh, he's we, we had this interesting conversation with Bill Clement about him last week. So we'll see if he lives up to that reputation. John Tortorella will be with us when we get back. Stay with us. Did you receive our Camp Out for Hunger Save the Date? I mean, we made a big announcement, and then we put it right there on the website for you. Well, just in case you missed it, Preston and Steve's 25th Camp Out for Hunger is set November 7th through the 11th, 2022. And hey, it's never too early to start collecting. You can find the list of Phil Abundance's most requested items, plus all of the outrageous photo galleries and videos of our guests from over the years at WMMR.com slash campout. We are excited to talk to our next guest. As I said, he's the uh, new Flyers head coach. Yeah. Uh, last week, we had a chance to talk to our friend Bill Clement. He's being um, inducted into the uh, National Hockey Hall of Fame for the NHL. And uh, oh, this is the clip I wanted to, to hear. Marissa found this. So this was uh, um, uh, uh, Bill talking about uh, John Tortorella. And this was uh, the clip I wanted to play real quick before we go to the interview. John Tortorella is re- really but really fair. He knows how to win. He knows how to sacrifice. He wants each player to sacrifice. And if they do, and that means shot blocking, if you if you make a selfish play on the ice, he will rip your face off. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> rip your face off. That's the part I wanted to get in there. Please welcome from now, your Philadelphia Flyers, John Totorella. Yeah. Coach, good morning. How are you guys? Wonderful. Are are you giggling at Bill's uh, <laughs> comment that you may rip someone's face off? <laughs> well, first of all, congratulations to Billy. I've known him for a long time, and yeah, he's a little exaggerated. There. <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, great for him. It's great news about him. Oh, we we listen, John. We were so happy for him. We we have a long history uh, with Bill. The whole city does, obviously, but always one of those class act guys. And what he's brought to the game. As as far as broadcasting here has been really really cool. He does such a great job, and it's it's cool that he's going in uh, under that recognition. Yeah. You know, terrific, terrific, well deserved. Yeah. So as a um, lifelong Philadelphia sports fan, there is um, there, there are these fun little categories and these little games that we like to play as sports fans. And so so this is going to sound like a knock on you, John, but please understand that it is not. But you have always fallen into that category of. Coaches uh, of somebody that you hate, <laughs> but would love it if you were, you know, wearing our jersey, right? Yeah. Or if you were standing on our bench. So I never liked playing against you because I always respected you and your approach to the game as a coach. Does that make sense to you? I appreciate that. Yeah. Well, well I'm. I just try to go about my business and uh, try to help my team that I'm coaching and. Uh, yeah, hate, you know, sometimes I'm not sure there's enough of, I, I think hate is a, a, a real dangerous word nowadays, but that animosity towards the other team, I think that's healthy. Uh, I, I try to look for things. So I have some animosity towards the other team. So I appreciate the characterization. Yeah. It, the, the animosity really is based and out of respect. And I, I think, uh, and a little fear and, and a little bit of fear. Sometimes. Yeah. But, well, but, but you have to have, you have to have someone you have to have an opponent. You have to have someone you're going against, and you have to have the impetus for going against them. So I, I completely hear what you're saying. Yeah. Well, Michael Jordan, if you watch that that, that whole this whole show of Michael Jordan, I forget the name of it, 
he was a master at just manipulating situations so he can get to that frenzy of, uh, again, I don't want to use the word hate, but that <laughs> just anger towards the other person, other coach, other team, whatever it may be. He did that through his whole career, and it was really cool to listen to him talk about that in that show. And uh, one with Chuck Daly, and it, it's just, uh, uh, it, yeah, I, I try to get my team that way. Yeah. At certain times in the season, you try to, that's part of coaching, quite honestly. Uh, speaking of coaching, there's uh, one, one of my favorite, um, all-time favorite sports movies. Uh, is a movie called Hoosiers. I'm sure you've seen it. It's about basketball. Uh, Gene Hackman plays the coach, and there's a great scene where he first meets a team and kind of says to himself, he goes, all right, let's see what kind of hand I've been dealt here. <laughs> and, you know, when when you have stepped into a new uh, a new locker room and you're at the beginning, um, and, and listen, you've, you've obviously you've done your research, and these guys are well-known. It's the NHL, after all. You guys know what's going on. But, but what is it like walking into a new situation? A little bit of nerves as to what to expect? Or how do you handle that those first uh, few moments when you get together with the team? Yeah, I, I wouldn't say nerves. I mean, I, I've, I'm on the back nine here as far as coaching. <laughs> I've done it for a long time, and uh, I don't I don't get nervous. I get I think uh, a healthy anxiousness uh, okay. because my, my my feeling right now is I you know I've talked to Chuck about the players and and. I've listened to you guys talk about the team and the, and the fans talk about the team. They're not too happy. No one is, and I get it. Rightfully so. We make our own bed. But the biggest thing for me is I want to try to block out as much as I can so I can, I can put them through some experiences with me during camp, and then I find out about them firsthand. I, I, I think you find out about people when you're watching them in situations when they don't think you're being watched. And mm. I do that a lot. I, I I think it's really important as a coach when you're trying to figure out the players to be in situations where they don't know you're there. They, they don't know you're really watching. I think you find out a, a lot about them. And that, that's my first uh, part of the business as I enter camp here uh, is, is just I want to find out myself, not listen to stuff about them. I want to find out about it myself when I put him through some experiences. Well, you know, John. So the, we we obviously we we uh, you know we we watch regular sports, the real deal, and then we also get a lot what we get through movies. And Preston brought up Hoosiers, uh, I, I, and I'm wondering what the phenomenon of Ted Lasso has done to the idea of the coach and the integration of his methodology and some of the things. I don't know if you're familiar if you watch the show, but. Yeah. but but are there any things you've gleaned from Ted Lasso? Yeah, you know, it, it, I'll, I'll put it to you this way. There's sometimes there's some madness with coaches, but there's a little bit of method to it, too. And, and I think that happens. I can't wait until it starts coming back out again. I really enjoyed the show. Hmm. Uh, I, I do. I do think there's a method to the madness sometimes, how coaches go about their business. I, I think one thing with... Uh, with Ted Lasso, and it's in our game, it, it, it's more communication from the players to you, not so much the coach always talking at you. Mm. The players need to talk with you also, and you need to open your door. And, and uh, yeah, I, I think it's a terrific show. It's unorthodox at times as far as what he does, but it, he knows what type of message he's trying to get to that particular day to the team. So that's, that's cool. That's what I take on. Yeah, yeah. The, the Flyers were a really funny team last season, John. I don't know how much you were able to pay attention to them or not, but, um, you know, they, they had a, a few long losing streaks and they had a coaching change. They also had a bunch of key injuries. And so I, I, I think 
we know what the end result was at the end of the season. It was, it was yeah. just not a great team. But I also think that there was potential for them to be a lot better. Did you watch them at all last season? Did you ha- And do you care about what last season looked like? Or are you just focusing on next season? Uh, answer the latter questions. I don't care what happened last season. Uh, um, I, I'm going to talk to Michael Yo. Uh, uh, he had the team the last. Uh, I'm going to talk to him uh, along the way here. Uh, but for me... Uh, listen, we, we make our own bet. It was, it was a tough year. Uh, Ryan Ellis hurt, only plays four games. Kevin Hayes had a number of family situations. He's hurt. Two pretty big guys up the middle of the ice. You build your team from your goaltending right through your defense and your center ice position. Uh, Couturier's out uh, with injury. Uh, again, we, we don't want to use that as an excuse, but I'm just hoping that they come to camp healthy. Uh, try to bring in, uh, you know, I, I do do different different things than Mike. Mike did different things than Elaine. Elaine did different things than Peter Laviolette. We're all different in our way. I'm going to go about the business the way I think it should be done. Mm-hmm. I'm anxious to see us with a little bit of health when we start our season so we can see what the lineup looks and then learn. And a big part of my job is not only the veteran guys, is developing people. It's a cap world. Uh, I'm not exactly sure where we are on the cap. But I'm going to have to develop some young guys, and I look forward to that part of it also. So I make no judgments. I'm not looking back. Uh, I'll get enough reminders as we start the summer here and, and entering. I'll have enough reminders from the media of what we were. I'm looking <laughs> for what we could try to be. Mm. I've had an enormous amount of fun watching the playoffs this year. Uh, the two teams in the finals are both really good teams, including the Lightning, who you coached uh, to win a cup several years back. Yep. Um, do you have uh, any predictions? I mean, I know the Avs are up two games to none, but uh, have you enjoyed watching the finals? Yeah, I, I, I think it's going to get more competitive here. Uh, the thing that worries me, uh, that Tampa Bay Lightning team has played a ton of hockey the past few years, a ton of hockey, and winning a couple of cups, playing all four rounds. Uh, it worries me, uh, has it gotten to them? Uh, yeah, and you have to look at that because they do look a, a little tired, a huge injury that they've had. Uh, he's playing now, but certainly isn't up to standard. Is, is Braden Point? I think he's the engine of that club. Uh, so, I mean, this this home game in Tampa is very important. Uh, they need to win this one, or they're done. Uh, if they win this one, it's a series. I, I pick Colorado and Carolina to go to the finals. I pick Carolina to win the Stanley Cup. I just don't know if you can stop that Colorado team. They are so fast, so quick, and so on top of you, and so confident right now. I'm not sure you can stop them. Okay. Uh, Coach, besides uh, the game of hockey, since you're going to be uh, new and, and, and in our town as a, as a regular resident, uh, what are some of the things we can learn about you personally? We know that you like Ted Lasso, so that's <laughs> that's, that's a one. check in the plus column. <laughs> yeah, one. Um, are, uh, what, what are hobbies, things that you like to do? Are you a foodie, stuff like that? You know what? I'll put it to you this way. The, the thing that my wife and I, we're, we're empty nesters. Our kids have grown up and gone. We're empty nesters. And what we, if it isn't hockey... Uh, we're we're really involved in animal welfare. Uh, we 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 rescue animals. Uh, we have three rescue horses, four rescue dogs. Wow! Uh, we're all over the place. Well, John, place. I'm going to be calling you there. <laughs> yeah, my wife and I are big into animal charities and things of that nature. You're going to find a really robust 
Um, it used to not be the case for many years here in Philadelphia, but there are tremendous amounts of really wonderful animal charities. Uh, so you're gonna you're gonna fit right at home here. And that's Steve, that's, tell, that's, tell the country about your menagerie at home. Yeah. Oh yes. Well, we have uh, we have uh, eight cats and a and a and a rescue all rescue and a dog and uh, and and my wife has two animal charities. Um, you know, for uh, feral and all that stuff. So and she just fell in love with a horse. So uh, <laughs> oh, no. yes, at the, and bees and bees. She's a bee. Keeper too, so, but, uh, so I commend I I commend you for that. My wife. There we go. There we go. No, that's awesome. Besides that, though, what what, what do you do? Because there's so much, and, and again, I think what happens with a lot of people is they get to the to Philadelphia and they've heard bad and good and so on and so forth. But uh, in your in your brief sort of um, understanding of what we're about, what surprised you about Philadelphia? Well, I, I, again, I still haven't. I, I just know the city from when I've gone in there. I, yeah. I was fortunate enough to play a, a great series against them, and it was a while back in 04, but I don't think the fans have changed. Uh, uh, they've probably gotten a little bit more rabid as, as we've gone on here. The thing that, the, and, I, and I said, I, I don't want to be uh, too corny or whatever, but right. the thing that really attracted me to Philly is uh, you go down that road off of Broad Street, you got the rink, you got the football field, you got the baseball field, and and you got people piling into those places. I know not so much in the hockey games right now. Hopefully that'll change. But you got people piling in there, watching sports, and it's such a great sports town. And uh, you know, Coatsy El Coats, we used to go out with him, and we'd come in, we'd go to the some Italian restaurants and <laughs> just different parts of the city. The, the ethnicity of the city uh, is very intriguing to me. I just, I've always loved going there because you have people that are going to say what they say to you and they're going to be honest with you and uh, not around you. If they have something to say, they're coming at you. And uh, I love that. And I want to be part of that. I, I, I want to make it good. I want the people to be, be proud of this team. Like I said, the other team, and I, I want to be involved with the group, the fans watching it and, and hopefully we'll, we'll get a good product and we can all uh, enjoy it together. Well, you know, winning changes everything. So you guys start winning yeah. some games, and the, those seats will be filled oh, yeah. real fast in the Wells Fargo Center. And, and just to let you know, John, um, in that sports complex, every year we do a food drive, and we've had several coaches from the Flyers stop by. And a lot of players swing by as well. It's called the Camp Out for Hunger. So we will be literally right across the parking lot from you. It's uh, the week of November 7th to the 11th. We'd love to have you stop by because it's a really cool, heartwarming event, and it shows the good that Philadelphia can do as well. Yeah, and I'm sure there's there's some great you – know, and, and that's when they have heart. It's a, it's a big-hearted city. Yeah, so I'm in. If my schedule allows, I'm I'm across the street. I'm in. Excellent. Excellent. Well, you're going to have a busy couple of weeks. I mean, in just over two weeks, the draft is going to take place. Uh, Flyers have the fifth pick. Um, have you been doing your homework prior to uh, signing with the, with the team? I have no – I know nothing about <laughs> And, and if an NHL coach tells you they know something about it, they're lying. <laughs> if we're so wrapped up with our team and our players and the NHL players, that that's not that is the scouts' day. They work so hard all year long in these barns they go to to look at these kids. It's their day. They're the, they're the ones with the information. Uh, and Chuck Chuck is doing the same thing. That's their day. I'm gonna. I'll be along just to kind of watch them and stay out of the way. Hmm. And uh, really looking forward to meet the, the people as we draft them. Hey, speaking of scouts, uh, the movie Hustle came out on Netflix the other day. And that is basically, it's it's uh, it's a basketball scout for, for the NBA, for the Sixers. Did you happen to catch that? I did not. I did not, no. 
Okay. Well, if you want to get like a nice little, uh, well, listen, you've been coaching in this league for a long time. You understand the city of Philadelphia. But if you want to get a nice little snapshot as to, you know, what it's like here in the city of Philadelphia, especially in the professional sports world, uh, I would definitely recommend, you know, if you have a couple of hours, watch the movie. I, I will, and I think I'm going to experience the good and bad of coaching in that city along the way here. I look <laughs> well, that's, <forward> to <laughs> yeah, that's the right way to do it. Listen, everything you, uh, we're all kind of nodding at each other as you're talking because we're 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 hearing all the stuff, you know, and yeah. it, it, it it actually transcends a lot of the you're you know we're used to over the many years that we've been on the air in Philadelphia of hearing coaches come to town and kind of say the road things, but you're 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 outside of that box uh, a bit, and it's very um, it's refreshing. So. We're uh, right now. I've been energized that much more about you coming to Philadelphia. That's that's nice to hear, and I can say all the right things now. So you got to do it. <laughs> there we go. You got to do it. We'll but... feel it. We'll feel it from the people if we're not doing it. So bring it on. Excellent. All right. Well, Coach, we're looking forward to having you in, shaking things up, making things happen, and uh, hopefully we'll see you in person when you get into Philadelphia. Congratulations on the job, by the way. Thank you very much. Pleasure, guys. All right. Nice talking to you. Coach Sean Tortorella, yeah. guys. Philadelphia Flyers. I like him. I very too. much. I like him. Very much. A lot. Yep. Uh, just he was saying all the right things. Yeah. In a, listen, we talked to a lot of coaches over the years, and you get the rambling kind of message of, all right, I'm done. I'm playing the game here. I'm doing the interview. Sort of a rote delivery. That's not what we got with him. Dude's going to fit right in here. Yeah. Yeah. He's going to fit right in. He has no idea what's coming up on draft day. And he's like, yeah, it's not my job. <laughs> yeah. I'll, 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 the scouts do that. That's it. That's it was a perfectly I love it. honest answer. My yes. job to coach them. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Wow. Excellent. That was cool. Likes Ted Lasso. Uh, oh, like, please, come on, man. And then if he, if he just liked Kathy's show, uh, Brothers and Sisters. <laughs> oh, then he's really yeah, in. I love yeah, Brothers totally and Sisters. In. We should really revisit that. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Uh, all right. Well, that was cool. I'm, I'm happy about that. Nick, uh, thanks for uh, throwing that out there, the invite to the Camp Out for Hunger. Get yeah. That it is here. It'll be great. Next thing we have coming up is Blood Drive. That's on Friday, so we're getting set for that. Not only us, but uh, Pierre Robert broadcasting live. We're looking forward to that. One reminder of, of what was said, actually, just as advice. A lot of people think this isn't like you, you should uh, should purge or, uh, you know, prior to Friday, if you signed up for the Blood Drive, eat, eat. Your meals. And oh get, yeah, mm-hmm. a lot of um, the thing that will a lot of times catch people is is low iron in their in their, in yes. their and so yeah. just make sure that you've eaten your meals yeah. and all of your stuff and just come on down and we'd love to see you and hopefully get a donation out of you. By the way, if you're watching uh, on our YouTube channel, uh, the stream, uh, Steve did not magically grow eyebrows. <laughs> uh, those are from the fake John DeBella mustache yes. uh, that we're wearing. John DeBella, uh, our contemporary down the hall here at our sister station, WMGK, is celebrating today 20 years on the air at WMGK. Yeah. He's been in Philly a lot longer than that, right. obviously. He's been you know, a legend in, in uh, Philadelphia radio. But 20 years... Uh, with WMGK. So we went down the hall in the commercial break, and uh, we put on little fake mustaches. Right. And we went in and surprised John uh, on the air real quick, and then Steve ripped his mustache in part and made eyebrows out of <laughs> I, I don't have them, so no. uh, every <laughs> once in a while I, I like to... Uh, they look good. Uh, yeah. I, did, no, I tried they to do natural. it. Do they make them look angry now? I tried yeah. to... Oh, you, you, uh, the, the, one on your, the one on your left is angry. The one on your right is not angry enough. Which one? On your right. Okay. Your right hand. Right, like, right, angle yeah. it up so, more. All right, sorry. And then I will... Uh, then I think you'll even them out and make them look... 
angry. There you go. Oh, my God. You're pissed. Yeah. Wow. Hey, hey, what did we say, man? Sorry. <laughs> Jeez. Jeez. Sorry. We got to do wigs again. Yes, wig. Yeah. Oh, my God. Wigs, wigs and brows. A new set of wigs on you, Steve, would be great. That's Thank where you, we got Dr. Chet Wainwright. Yeah. yeah. We got to do wigs It was and funny because we were actually talking in my household about the whole wig situation because uh, we had... Um, we had done that. Basically, we had just gotten back from vacation, and uh, I'd spend the last day of my vacation uh, picking up the wigs. Oh, right, from this <laughs> wig store, and we on had like Broad Street in Philly, ten, eleven wigs. I mean, like and like expensive really good, wigs. expensive like, wigs, hundreds yeah. of dollars each one of them. Yeah, I remember that. Is that place still exist? I think so. I I, I, I understand so. that the, the the wig industry had an explosion during COVID. Yeah. No, <laughs> um, no but it was uh, it was interesting because you know my daughter was with. with me. <laughs> We're, watching. We're watching the video of it, and each one of them had a name. The, the person Ricky. was kind of curly. It was called the Ricky. <laughs> Oh, oh that's great. Oh, the one God. thing I, I the Ricky did not allow me to have was sideburns a little bit, so yeah. it was a little weird. Oh, my God. All right, we'll, we'll, do, we'll have to revisit right. that again. We'll do that. Hey, I would like to do a short little recap of uh, my weekend, if oh, you don't mind, because yeah. it was kind of special for me personally. Are you the recapperer? I'm the recapperer. <laughs> Uh, after the weekend, no, I played. Uh, I played a gig. I played a uh, a music gig this weekend uh, with a group called uh, Five Times Famous at a uh, brew pub called uh, Mud Hen, and it seemed like it was going to be light lifting and a lot of fun. It was. Oh, that's that awesome. is exactly what it was. I had so much fun, and it was so easy. Uh, these guys are so talented. Uh, Andrew and Justin are are the two. Uh, they play acoustic guitars and sing. Did they play your 50th birthday party? They did. Okay. So I hired them. Brent Porsche. Uh, I was looking for somebody like a small, quiet live music situation because mm-hmm. my hearing, I can't do really loud yeah. bands anymore unless I wear earplugs. I'm not going to do that at my birthday party. So I hired these guys, and they're uh, that they're the type of uh, duo that can just play pretty much anything. So they're like you just call it out and they can do it. Yeah. Okay. And so uh, I uh, I brought my little electronic drum kit with me the night of my birthday, and I was like, "Can I jam with you guys?" They're like, "Absolutely." So I played most of the night, and after I was done, they were like, "You know, we could gig sometime." But they live in New Jersey. And at the time, I was like, "That'd be too far away and too late, and I'm not going to be able to do it." But that uh, changed. Well, now that we've got a, we've got a place uh, in in the uh, at the shore, I was at uh, Mudhan, and I came in, and, and they were playing one time, and I was like, "Man, I could actually I could put together a small little what I call my quiet drum kit, little right. acoustic drum kit, and maybe jam with these guys." And I got in touch with them, and they're like, "Absolutely!" And so I had the first one this past weekend, and it was so much fun. It was. It was very easy. It was quiet enough. Didn't do damage to my hearing. How and, long did you play for? Uh, three hours. Oh, that's so, a good. That's a good run. Yeah, we played three sets, and and uh, they were just calling out something. They don't play with a set list. Just whatever they feel like. You playing. hadn't rehearsed with them at all. So never rehearsed with them. You at just all. knew what their set list or their song list was. Yeah, and you Some learned. Or just what? riffed. You had to, you had to just riff Some, on something. A lot of them, like seven or eight songs, they were just, they'd just turn around and say, hey, uh, we're going to play this. Like, not even ask me if I knew it. Or just like, play along. I'm like, okay. I think and it my, was great. That's the best. When you can, and, and I call it like um, getting getting out of your head. And, yeah. and like, not saying, well, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. Just go and do it. And you did it. And you had a blast. Yep. Uh, is this going to be a continuing? It is. Wow. When's your next yeah. gig, by the way? Uh, it will be. I think um, you wait July sixteenth. July sixteenth. Saturday. Okay. This one to four in the afternoon. So it's... at Mudhan again, which is a great place. I have to ask now. 
Is this going to cause like a rift with Saint? And is it going to be sort of like a uh... no? Okay, I don't think so. And you know what? You uh, like that, re- there's a lot of a lot of beefs, as they say in the rap world. We'll right. have to watch the documentary to really oh, find yeah, out yeah, to exactly get the feel for it. Feel, yeah. No, it was it was no. I, I hope not because in Saint we had to rehearse a lot and right. it was taking up a lot of time because we were a fully plugged in, bigger sounding band and. It was just, it was taking up too much of my time. Right. This is like, I, we don't even have to rehearse. I just show mm-hmm. up and we play, and it was great. That's excellent. My so favorite we're going to keep doing it. moment of the afternoon. And I, yeah, I was Casey only, came out. Oh, awesome. Did I, was on, yeah. I was only there for the second set, but um, they were playing all along the Watchtower. And at the end, they went into a straight-up jam where my feeling was that you guys were just jamming. It wasn't... Uh, you guys oh, were yeah, just totally. kind of like playing off of each other. I didn't even know we were going to play that song. Oh, no kidding. Yeah, we were playing something else. We were playing Breakdown from Tom Petty. And uh, uh, Justin turns around and he goes, he goes, keep playing that groove. We're going to go into something else. He's like, we're going to play Watch Tower. I'm like, okay. And they started playing it, and I just kept playing what I was playing. And then at the end, it led into this jam. How was, so, how was the place doing crowd-wise? It was oh, packed. packed. Oh, really? Yeah. Yep. yep. So, so, and that it, was just a, a quick, short mention that I gave on the air. So, I, I you know... I'll let you know when the next gigs are It looks up. fun, man. It was great. And the it, fact that it's it's cl- fairly close to you, right, down there? Five minutes. There yeah. you go. Yeah. I mean, listen, they went, they did uh, all on the Watchtower, and it was really more of the uh, the Dylan version that went into the yes. Hendrix version. They also did Wonderwall, uh, then Ventura Highway, which when they went into Ventura Highway, I was like, oh, this is, I love this song. And then they did Sober from Tool. Yeah. I mean, like, just... You guys were all over the place, and it's and it all made sense. We played some Pink Floyd, mm-hmm. and uh, uh, yeah, we played Whipping Post from uh, uh, that's what you started all the with. Band nice, and, yeah, uh, all over the place. Like they play anything. I was saying Patrick Swayze to Tool. It's kind of like the <laughs> <That's> uh, <cool. laughs> is is the rain. So I, it was so much fun. I, I haven't had that much fun playing in a long. Did you time. get panties thrown at you and stuff like that? <clears throat> no panties. Yeah. But we made some tips. So yeah. was nice. Yes. <laughs> made lots of tips, which was cool. So, but thank you for coming out, Case. Yeah. Yeah, I'll be there for the next one, too. Nice. Are you going to get right up front I, with your teacher? I was right up front for the last <laughs> one. Well, his whole family was there, so I got a text from uh, Rochelle saying, hey, we're right next to the stage. So yeah. I zipped over there on my scooter, which I love. Uh, <laughs> I <just> stand... <laughs> no, not the Vespa. Uh, it's like a little uh, Segway scooter, but uh, I, sco- I scooted right in. Keep and, an eye on my hog. Uh, I know I brought it in with me. Um, and then I sat down and had some lunch. I mean, listen, it was a beautiful day, too. That the was, weekend was know. spectacular. Oh. Yeah. Uh, yeah. You know, it was a little windy, but, you know, whatever. Got it. But it was just, it was gorgeous for Father's Day and, and for Saturday. It was just perfect. You any, need that. Any recapper stuff from you guys? <laughs> uh, I, nothing recapper. It was a nice Father's Day, man. It was cool to spend the day outside with my, my son and girlfriend and just chill outside. Do you get kids for Father's Day? I don't know, because I... I uh, yeah, I got uh, I got new flip-flops. Nice. Uh, and oh. I got uh, socks with the uh, Homer gif uh, sliding back into the shrubs, uh, oh. which oh, was great. Really funny. And then he gave me a card that he found in his mom's house that was, uh, happy birthday to my uh, favorite daughter. And so he just crossed, crossed off yes. happy birthday. I'll take a picture of it and post it. Yeah, it crossed great. off happy birthday and just wrote uh, happy Father's Day in like block letters. And I was like, where did you get this? He was like, it was in mom's house. I was like, all right, yeah. Good effort. I love that. Yeah, I was, I was proud of him. I got a one of those uh, massage guns. Oh, oh they're do, 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 very yes. good. So I can't wait to use that. Do, uh, word of advice, though, um, when you there's a way you have to apply it. And uh, you hold it to the skin and then turn it on. If you come in with it running. Oh, it, really? Especially the ones like the, the ones with the big ball. It'll mm-hmm. beat the crap out of you. I know okay. you actually have to be careful where you 
Not on your nuts. <laughs> no, but there are places like where you can uh, injure yourself. So read the directions. Okay. Oh my balls! All right. <laughs> Shouldn't have done that. <laughs> Oops. Uh, and then I got I got a couple of bottles of bourbon. Ooh. I got uh, some golf tees and things like that. And it was I nice. got a s'mores kit. Oh. A s'mores kit. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, it's like, like a little tackle box. Is the intent right? <laughs> so that the marshmallow doesn't fall off the skewer? No, 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 no. It's, it's a tackle box. So it's like, uh-huh. hey, like go get the s'mores kit we're gonna make s'mores and then you come out and everything Everything's is everything in. is in i see cat. Listen, you probably love, I love something. it it's organized <laughs> <laughs> that sounds great i endorse your s'mores s'mores tackle kit but i would also recommend the tuck-ins if yeah. you're a s'mores okay. fan casey i found i saw a kit i think it was a target and it was uh you could essentially put the marshmallows in like a little bin that you could rotate around so that uh, if you have trouble with your marshmallows falling off the skewer every time mm. this is a way to contain them and they uh, they brown a little more nicely instead of just letting up on fire. Uh, I need to see this. Marissa sent me this thing about uh, it's not necessarily s'mores, but it was this uh, this hack. Okay, so you take like a little s'mores skewer, you put a strawberry at the end of it, then you take the strawberry and you insert it right. into uh, fluff. Okay, oh, like marshmallow fluff, yeah, okay. fluff right? Yeah. And then you kind of like twist it and turn it. Get fluff and then all over you it. Get fluff all over it. And oh. then you uh, put that over an open oh. flame. I'd like to try that. Yeah. All right, I'm in. It's going to be my regular Saturday night thing. <laughs> That's, um... Oh, yeah. Mm. Marissa, have you actually had that? Have you, uh... Have you tasted that or just seen that? No, it was a uh, mm. Instagram reel that I came across. Okay. Right. I wonder if that's intense. any good. Yeah, you sent me that and something else. What was the other thing oh, you sent Barb. me? Oh, Barb. Barb is some chick that keeps coming up on my Instagram reels. And she just gives you... It, she's this older woman. She's probably in her late 60s, early 70s. She's a mom. Yes. And she just has like these life hacks that this you might know. This one was the mojito like, watermelon yeah, salad. Yeah, some of them are recipes. You've got to wipe without using toilet paper. <laughs> <laughs> not far off. What's her name again? Marge? Barb. Barb. Oh, Barb. Barb. There's Barb with another tip. <laughs> you know that crusty feeling? Uh, no, that's uh, I, I would have preferred that you've tried it. But I, I'm, am I? Uh, I like fluff. I like the. Uh, oh yeah, I used I to like not. fluffer nutters as a kid. No, I haven't had it in years. I'm not a marshmallow fan anymore. Can you put any? I, I don't. I don't like uh, like taste it and 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 recoil, but I just don't like it anymore. It's just not what, that appealing to me. What wounded you? I don't know, man. <laughs> I'm trying to think of a moment you that I didn't like. back on the couch. They're all gonna laugh at you. They're all gonna. <laughs> Like, I would rather, and I know it's not a s'more, but I would rather have just, you know, chocolate and graham cracker. Oh. Yeah, that's good. Oh, yeah. Uh, without no the I don't the think that's a problem. I'm down with that, too. Chocolate-covered graham crackers are young. Oh, oh my if, God. What if yeah. you put something inside the marshmallow? Like, take a... a, a um, like a prawn? Like a, no, well, you could, I guess. Or like a strawberry? I was thinking more like a Hershey Kiss. Like, dig a little bit of a hole in the marshmallow... <laughs> And uh, and then roast it that way. You well, could do that. That's good. Yeah. So well, Nick, that's essentially what a tuck in is. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. So I don't that's... like marshmallows or graham crackers. Sorry, Case. So I'm out on s'mores. It's it seems fun, and I'll make one, but I can't eat it. Well, the funny thing about me getting this s'mores kit is I don't really eat s'mores, but my kids do. I was like, oh, you guys got yourself something nice yeah. for Father's Day, <laughs> right? <laughs> You'll enjoy this at campfires <laughs> with or without me. Uh, hmm. oh, uh, yeah, but looking at the the yeah. video of the of the strawberry and the fluff, that's a pretty good idea. I mean, I'm not into that taste personally, but I think that's a great idea. Interesting. But then again, uh, Kathy wouldn't like it. It's cooked fruit. 
cooked fruit, marshmallow, and mm. graham cracker. All Vomit. that good stuff. Wow, there's no graham cracker in You this might one. as well just put a turd on a plate and hand it to her. Wow. <laughs> My wife is also seeing something over the weekend. She was seeing something over the weekend? Whatever. Can uh, you see this? Am I the only one who can see this? <laughs> uh, about how people clean... They're strawberries, Kathy. I thought maybe you would get a... Uh... Clean them? Yeah. Okay. So some people will use, like, vinegar uh, to clean their strawberries. It's so hard to clean your strawberries. <laughs> Another person... What's a woman to do? Another person uses their stomach to clean the strawberries? They're what? called douche yeah. <laughs> Please explain that. They just eat the strawberries and whatever uh, is oh, ends up in their stomach ends up cleaned by their stomach <laughs> oh, acid. Oh, my God. Yeah. <laughs> Do you guys wash off your... You, you, I, I wash off it. strawberries. I definitely I wash, wash off them all. I wash off all my fruit. All your produce, fruit, right? Yeah. Okay. Bananas. Yeah. <laughs> um, no, I, don't, I usually don't rinse. No, I don't. Do you massage your chicken? No. Uh, yes. <laughs> yeah, of course. I've been yeah, caught yeah, yeah. doing that before. <laughs> um, You're right. You had your headphones on. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, I know. I, I should. I should clean it. Uh, the uh, the fruit, that is. Yeah, right, yeah. Um, more often. Just clean everything. I'm going to pleasure myself. I want to be clean for me. Uh, yeah, no, the, uh, I understand that's the thing you're supposed to do. You always wash off your produce. Yeah, yeah. Oh, I always do. I mean, you know, that stuff's grown in poop, so. Uh, um, or not in. Do you <laughs> wash off your poop before you eat it? <laughs> <laughs> and there Could are already, you rinse this, please? <laughs> there are stuffed chocolate marshmallows that exist already. Oh, you know what? Did you think it was your idea? Well, no, I thought it was an intro. I didn't. No, the car was his idea. Yeah, I invented the car, Kathy. <laughs> you did? Um, Ford gets credit. Uh, I'm Ford. There are um, stuffed puffs, is what they're called. Okay. I tried something. I call hemorrhoids. Similar at Wawa. They were. It was. You got them out of a bag or a uh, uh, box or whatever. I didn't think they were that great. Uh, Stuffed puffs look. Look. Um. Here's one little issue, Casey. Yeah. Uh, That'd be fine with the the classic milk chocolate, but I would like uh, a little bit of a. Direction towards dark chocolate as well. They they always um, bypass that. Well, you can get like a dark chocolate Hershey bar, right? And use yes. that as a substitute yes. for your s'more. I will. You know, I prefer my s'mores. My s'mores with uh, Reese's peanut butter cups. Yeah, Dude. yeah, they're good. Yeah, pretty great that way. And yeah. s'morios, which I believe my son actually did invent. And s'morzania, <laughs> which yes. is s'morzania <laughs> <lasagna, laughs> and <laughs> marshmallow. Yeah, right. Okay. I like smortalini. Yeah, now I'm coming around. Yeah, now you guys are getting me. I like, uh, I like a smart director. Yeah, John Smortarella. The new he, head coach, uh, yeah, yeah. right, of the Flyers. All right, well, anyhow, uh, that's what happened this week. This is information you can use. It is. Yeah. It's is what it? we do. We, do, we <laughs> disseminate information that you could use. Uh, we do need to take a break, though, because we've got a bizarre file to share with you yeah. when we get back. So stay right there. We will come back shortly with that very thing. Steve Show Podcast. 93.3 WMMR. Everything that rocks. Let's share some of these stories with you. WMMR presents Kristen and Steve's Bizarre Files. All right, buddy, this morning by Armor Metals and Recycling. You can get paid for your old computers, monitors, printers, and more at Armor Metals and Recycling. And Armor Metals as your e-cycling headquarters. Armor Metals is your most trusted recycling partner. Visit ArmorMR.com for more information. Uh, Mexican Narcos' fascination with exotic animals 
has been on display this week after a spider monkey dressed up as a drug gang mascot was killed in a shootout. And a 500-pound tiger was wandering around the streets in the Pacific Coast state of Nayarit. I saw that footage. And a man died after after trying to pet a captive tiger in a cartel-dominated area. So 11 suspected gang members died in the shootout on Tuesday. Photos from the scene. I've been hit. Yeah, showed a small monkey dressed in a tiny camouflage jacket and tiny bulletproof vest sprawled across the body of a dead gunman. Authorities confirmed the authenticity of the photos, and state prosecutors said a primate was killed at the scene, which was presumably owned by a criminal who was also killed at the scene. An autopsy will be carried out on the animal by veterinarians specialized in the species. Uh, they said that animal trafficking charges would be considered against the suspects who survived the shootout. So this little monkey. <laughs> they got a little the bulletproof vest on it. He's dressed up, yep. Uh, then on Wednesday, the attorney general for the environmental protection said that it had seized a tiger and a tecuala in the Pacific coast uh, near the border of Sinola, which is home to the cartel of the same name. Uh, the office said that it acted after receiving reports about a Bengal tiger that was wandering the streets of Takuala and found that the animal was likely being kept illegally as a pet. I hope these drug lords know this is illegal. I think maybe someone needs (laughs) to tell them. I think someone should tell them. On Sunday, authorities confirmed that a man was seriously wounded by a tiger as well in a different city. Uh, In a video, the man is seen calling the tiger to the side of a fenced enclosure saying, come on, come on. Uh, and the man stands outside the enclosure, apparently feeding the tiger with one hand while he stretches his other arm through the chain link fence to stroke the animal's neck. The man then shrieks in pain after the tiger quickly wheels and bites the extended arm and refuses to let go. Ever since I was a little boy, I dreamed of one day owning a monkey and being a drug lord. Authorities uh, confirmed that uh, the man was taken to a hospital where he died a few days later. Yeah. So, yeah. Oh, they, you know, it turns out that they're wild animals. Yes, it does turn out. All right, this is a terrible, terrible story. Uh, two frat boys from the University of Missouri oh. have been charged in connection with a 19-year-old at the school who was left blind and, and, un, and unable to walk or talk after being forced to down a family-sized bottle of Tito's vodka. So... You see stuff like this, and these stories pop up, and there's. Tra- I, I don't remember seeing one this bad. Ryan Delante and Thomas Schultz were indicted Friday in connection with the treatment of Daniel uh, Santuli, a teenager whose family said was forced to drink until his heart stopped last October during Pledge Month at Phi Gamma Delta. Schultz facing an additional felony charge of tampering with physical evidence. He has been, by the way, he's been left permanently and severely disabled as a result. What his family's lawyers say is the worst-known incident of hazing abuse in U.S. history. Uh, Santuli's family has previously filed civil suits against 23-year-old or 23 members of Phi Delta Gamma, uh, but this is the first time that anyone has actually been criminally charged. Uh, the two young men are charged of felony hazing and misdemeanors of supplying liquor to a minor or intoxicated person. Uh, Santuli was force-fed beer through a tube. And told to down an entire bottle of vodka by his, quote, fraternity fathers, including Delante. Uh, at the end of the night, Santuli had a shocking uh, 468 blood alcohol oh. level, six times the legal limit. Oh, God almighty. Uh, Delante is accused of handing the bottle of vodka to Santuli and telling him to drink while Schultz was the fraternity pre- vice president and brought the vodka for the party. Schultz is 21, while Delante is believed to be around 20 years, but his age is unclear. So when the kid passed out, 
and went into cardiac arrest, they dumped him outside a hospital. Mm-hmm. I mean, they didn't, you no. know, they just left him there. Uh, now he's unlikely to walk, talk, or see again. His mother, uh, Mary Pat, has had to quit her banking job to take care of him full-time. The family has filed oh cases God. against the fraternity, uh, the owner of the house, and the frat members. Surveillance video, uh, video has emerged of the hazing, uh, and you can see him falling backwards, passing out on a table, and slumped on a couch. Footage also shows his panicked frat brothers trying to carry him to the car, uh, take him to a hospital once they realized how severe his condition was. By the time they got there... Uh, he he had stopped breathing for long enough to cause severe brain damage. His lips were blue. Yep. And after uh, months of rehabilitation, he was uh, recently taken home to Missouri, where his mother oh, now cares God. for him around the clock. It's horrible. Awful. I horrible, would like. I, I don't want to send my kid to spring break to college yeah. now. Like I it's know. scary. I know. I know. It's terrible. So anyhow, we'll see if there's convictions uh, from this because something has to happen. Uh, all right. How about this story? A little lighter. A uh, worker at uh, Tesco, a UK grocery chain who spent over $5,000 a year drinking 30 cans of Pepsi a day for 20 years Yeah, has been cured after he was hypnotized. 30 cans of Pepsi a day. Andy Curry downed a liter of the uh, Fizzy Pop every morning and drank a further nine liters a day. Uh, He has uh, sipped an estimated 219,000 cans of Pepsi and nearly... Uh, uh, 15,000 kilograms of sugar, or the equivalent of 7 million sugar cubes, since he first started drinking in his early 20s. Uh, Andy said, I've always loved the taste of cold Pepsi. Nothing can beat it, and I just got hooked. I work nights, so I was like the sugar rush to keep me going. I'd go through four or five two-liter bottles of Pepsi every day. And because I work at Tesco, I could just buy it straight after work and take it home. It cost me a fortune, to be honest. I could have bought a car every year for the amount that I was spending on Pepsi. So what amazed me about the picture is that he appears to have his teeth, you know, with all that sugar. Right. Uh, he's not crazy obese. He said, I just needed to have it. And as soon as I woke up, I'd go to the fridge and pour myself a large glass of Pepsi and just carry on through the day. He does piss maple syrup, though. And he decided to take drastic action after he ballooned up to about 340 pounds. And his doctor warned him that he was at risk of becoming diabetic through exercise and diet. Though, uh, yeah, through exercise and diet, he's managed to lose uh, over 40 pounds. Oh, okay. uh, but couldn't stop drinking the Pepsi. Uh, he contacted a therapist, a hypnotist, David Kilmarie. Uh, who identified what he is having, uh, avoidant restrictive food intake disorder. Amazing, after just one online hypnotherapy session, and he was cured and drank water for the first time in two decades. Uh, in just four weeks, he's dropped a further 20 pounds and is remarkably more healthy. So he is on wow. his way That's to recovery. That's messed insane up. Insane amount of sugar. All right, we're going to have to wrap it there. Sorry to keep it short, gang, but uh, we got a break to take. We'll come back in a second, and we're going to test you. We'll see how you're doing. On today's show with the lesson question, uh, we'll get to trash and music news, too. So coming back in a little bit. Stay down. Did you know you can listen to all of WMMR's podcasts as well as our live stream on your Alexa-enabled device? It's easy. Just say, Alexa, open MMR. The most hated jeweler in America makes it so easy to get engaged. Meet the beautiful, classy, and brilliant Krista. She's Stephen's most loved engagement ring and will dazzle. She takes the stress and guesswork out of finding the perfect ring. A bright white, high-quality, round, brilliant diamond in a classic solitaire setting. Meet Krista today, starting at under $700. Online at IHateStevenSinger.com or at the other corner of 8th and Walnut by appointment only. Free shipping and interest-free financing. It's so easy. Stephen Singer Jewelers. That's IHateStevenSinger.com. 
Now, back with more of the Preston and Steve Show podcast. Monday morning. Good things happen on Monday morning sometimes, right? Yeah. yeah. Maybe you winning something would be a nice good thing because we have today's lesson question. And we're going to give away a pair of tickets to see uh, Kill a Mockingbird at the Academy of Music. And this show is coming up on July 13th. So get a little culture. Go out and see a live show. Should be cool. And the question that we ask of you today is this. What will be the theme song for the Jon Snow Game of Thrones sequel? (laughs) 215-263-WMMR. Let's see if you were listening. I was from early this morning, around 7 o'clock. What will the theme song be for the Jon Snow slash Game of Thrones sequel that's coming up? All right, if you heard that and you know the answer, call now, 215-263-WMMR. The trash business is a goldmine. 93.3 WMMR with Preston and Steve's Hollywood Trash. All right, brought to you by Dry Tech Waterproofing Solutions. You can protect your home from water damage, cracks in your foundation, and mold with Dry Tech Waterproofing Solutions. Preston and Steve listeners, you get 15% off when you mention our show. So go to Dry Tech Corp. Dot com. I mentioned President Steve. What's going on this morning, Steve? Well, Charlie Sheen has reconsidered his opposition to 18-year-old daughter Sammy having a sexy OnlyFans account. Sheen says it initially made him feel dirty, but then he learned how to crop her face out of the picture. Oh, oh man. Yeah. My God. <laughs> 79-year-old wow. President Joe Biden fell off his bike after stopping to talk to a crowd during a ride on Saturday. Secret Service immediately cuffed the bike and are currently interrogating it at Gitmo. <laughs> hey! And finally, Camilla Parker Bowles, a.k.a. the Duchess of Cornwall, making some rare comments about her marriage to Prince Charles in the latest British Vogue. Bowles reveals that Charles likes his ears pulled like reins when she's begging him. Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> oh, a lot to unpack in the trash today. All right, let's see. If somebody knows the answer to this question, what will be the theme song for the Jon Snow Game of Thrones sequel? And we'll go to Steven, see if we can get an answer. Hi, Steven. Good morning. You guys rock. Oh, love you, Steven. Thank you. All right, what's going to be the theme song for that Jon Snow show? Snowbird. From Ann Murray. You are correct. Hang on, Stephen. We're going to give you a pair of tickets to see To Kill a Mockingbird at the Academy of Music. It's going to be July 13th, 7.30 p.m. Uh, The show runs from July 12th through the 24th. And you can get tickets at KimmelCulturalCampus.org. Now, Preston and Steve's Music News on 93.3 WMMR. Uh, it's brought to you by Family and Company Jewelers. Planning on getting engaged? Well, you can go see Angelo and the team at Family and Company Jewelers and get her the perfect engagement ring. A ring from Family and Company South Jersey's Diamond Destination. So, Ozzy is reportedly looking to renew his vows with Sharon oh. for their 40, 40th wedding anniversary. Uh, according to the mayor, the two plan to travel back to Maui where they first got married 40 years ago. A uh, friend of the couple told the publication Ozzy may have been waiting on getting his neck and back sorted uh, after uh, extended leg pain, which has left him unable to walk for long periods. Uh, but while that's been his hope, he always wants to treat Sharon uh, to something special for their 40th. Uh, 40 years ago, I said, I didn't say anything. She said, I didn't say uh, they renewed their vows in Vegas in 2017. But he hoped to to fly them to Maui for a break. 
uh, to recall their big day. I'll never forget when you uh, the friend said uh, he hopes that his recovery will be short and nerve damage will be removed so that he can treat his wife. Ozzy may have gone through the mill in recent years, but uh, his spirit and desire to show Sharon how much their love burns bright remains. Um, so he had the first, I remember the first real thing that um, was a medical situation for him that I can recall was that ATV accident. Yeah. And that was bad. Yep. So and then it just been, since then it's been a, a conga line of things going wrong with him. We'll see if this surgery, you know, gives him improved uh, right. mobility, which uh, we hope is the case. I actually feel much better now. <laughs> <laughs> things worked out really well. Uh, the surgery con absolutely went better than I could ever have imagined. I'm just thrilled to get back to the stage. <laughs> wow. Oh, this is good. Wow, he sounds great. Different man in time. Yeah. Oh my God, the night and day, Nick. <laughs> <laughs> All right, once again, Wolfgang Van Halen has uh, chosen to confront his online detractors head on rather than let personal attacks go answered. I love this guy. Yeah. Uh, he, uh, Loudwire reported a tongue-in-cheek wolf tweeted to fans. I wanted to offer my sincere apologies to anyone I may have upset or hurt. By being bored. <laughs> he said, I've never meant my existence to be a burden to others, but alas, here we are. I'll try not to exist so much in the future. Thank you for your patience. How could you not like him? I, I know. I, even if you don't like the music, how well, can you not like him? And listen to what this idiot wrote. He then shared a screenshot of a poster uh, of, a, I'm sorry, yeah, of somebody who had posted uh, named Jeffrey William Jones, who took time out to slam Wolf for, for participating in the upcoming Taylor Hawkins tribute concerts in London and L.A. So this person wrote, Wolf Van Halen just rides in on his daddy's talent and gets invited to remembering a drumming legend. Had you been born to any other parents, you'd be nothing in the music world. So not to shy away from the harsh words on social media, Wolfgang countered with, Yes, my dad, who hasn't been alive for two years, had Dave Grohl call me to participate. <laughs> Spot on, Jeffy. And then he went on to tweet, The funny thing about people like you who hate me is that you leave me no room for improvement. That's uh, That my fault is something completely uncontrollable. While I guess me playing music apparently completely hinges on who my family is, which is a completely unanswerable question, I can definitely surmise that had you were born to different parents, you'd most likely still be a miserable a-hole. Oh, <laughs> roasted! Nice work. I love this guy. He's, well, he's just great. Yeah. He's, and it's he's, stupid to beat up on him. It, it, it is. It's Listen, stupid. he would find out. In fact, the odds are tremendously stacked. I'd say more stacked against him. Less, listen, he's certainly got exposure because of his music. Yep. But, um... But he's a talented musician. It's very musician. good. He's a talented and you, musician. And it's subjective. I get it. But you can't ignore the fact that the guy is capable. Yep. yep. Uh, Ghost had to cut their uh, Hellfest performance short on Sunday uh, because Tobias Ford lost his voice. Uh, there were reports that the front man announced, my voice is completely effed. I cannot sing one other song for you after they have performed uh, Dance Macabre. And then he Ladies and gentlemen, I'm Ozzy Osbourne. I have some bad news concerning the ghost show this evening. <laughs> so they had to cut it short. Uh, Nick, this is for you and for all those who had tickets to this event. But uh, Ringo Starr and his all-star band yeah. uh, have rolled out the revised itinerary 
uh, for their September tour, which now includes the 12 dates that they recently had to postpone. So that show will be rescheduled for September 11th. All right. At the Met. Nice. So there you go. Just a heads up. And then uh, we'll- did you see the birthday wishes for Paul McCartney from no. uh, like Ringo? And uh, it's it like him. they say it's your birthday, you know, I riff on that. But uh, all nice. And Yoko sent a nice. Uh, That's cool. Yeah, Steve, the Beatles put on, um, on their Instagram and Twitter pages yesterday or on Saturday when it was his birthday. Um, just a really cool montage. And it was so many uh, little video snippets. Yeah. Of- Paul having fun, yeah. Just like, yeah. It, it just it was it brought tears to my eyes. It was so cool to see all that. I think we live in a in a, in a post uh, again that that uh, the the documentary, the eight hour Peter Jackson fil- uh, film, six hours, whatever it was, uh, really sort of made you rethink the whole Yoko thing a bit, you know. Yep. And it's good that they're agree. in a good place. One last story: Chrissy Hind uh, says she no longer wants to perform Pretenders hits at her concerts. Okay. Uh, Hind, who's been busy recording covers uh, uh, projects over the past few years, including uh, Bob Dylan tributes, that posted the news on Facebook. She said, uh, I'm completely dumping any sort of greatest hit set from now on. She said this as she's about to take the stage in room 111 at the Sheridan. Uh, she said, I never wanted to go there in the first place, but was trying to keep myself alive and pay the bills. And yes, I know that's no reason to be in a rock band. I was just too scared to go back to waitressing. Uh, but those greatest hits slash ballads days are now behind me. She yeah. said, if anybody wants to come and see me in the future, it's going to be a punk rock, no hits show. So she's so this is a, a circuitous way of announcing she's joined Cameo. Uh, right. Yeah. So anyhow. All right. And there you go. That's what I have in music news. We're going to take a break. We'll be back in a second. That letter of the day that you will need for the Word of the Week prize. We'll get to it when we return. Wrap it up as well. Stay there. Love Preston and Steve and WMMR? Check out WMMR.com for more of everything that rocks. HD. It ain't just for your TV anymore. Use your HD radio to hear the best sounding MMR there is. Plus, enjoy MMR HD 2, the MM Archives channel. Everything that rocks never sounded so good. Now, back with more of the Preston and Steve Show podcast. The program coming to a close for the day. A door closes, the door opens. Pierre O'Bear will be in here shortly to carry things on. And there he is. The man, the myth. Hey, by the way, before we get the myth. I made made it short for you. On the air, I would like to thank Mr. John Tortorella. New head coach of the Flyers, and as I said in the interview, I like him. I like him a lot. He's got a personality. Yeah, he does, and he's straight ahead. He's a straight shooter. He's going to fit right in Mm -hmm. uh, to this city, I think. So we'll see what those press conferences are like. (laughs) Yeah, they'll be fun. (laughs) But he's like, you know, we we got stuff to prove here, so uh, we'll hold him to it, I'm sure. So, But it was nice, very, very cool to meet him today. Yes, Absolutely. How you doing, man? Good day. Excellent. Good to see you. Excellent to see you, and congratulations on your gig over the weekend. Oh, thanks. It was With fun. With the uh, Maiden Men, was it? The Maiden Men. Yes. No, five times famous. Exactly. Is their the same name, thing. So. It was awesome, dude. That's so cool. It's good fun fun to be playing music again. Very cool. Very Maybe cool. you can yeah, jump on stage sometime, right? What's you... the closest to musicianship that you come? Do you play anything? Saxophone. Um... Uh... Tambourine? Kazoo? <laughs> kazoo? All right. Fair yeah! Enough. I've seen you play the kazoo before. Yeah. Kazoo and... Um, 
Harpsichord. When I was a kid, we put on a little show at our little motel at Lake Tahoe by wrapping aluminum foil, <laughs> which we would call silver paper, oh. around a comb. That's the old and, style kazoo. And make uh, 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 pretend harmonicas. Okay. Yeah. All right. And then I was in a play in high school. All right. And, Interesting. Um, yes, but with a group. And then I think that was it. All right. Th- yeah, I don't think I've ever, in all the years I've known you, I don't think I've ever heard you sing before. Well, we'll get, we'll fix that. <laughs> Wait a minute. Not at, uh, you never seen him do karaoke at uh, uh, Shenanigans? I, I no, think... I never made it for karaoke at all Shenanigans. Right. Yeah, I that... never did make it for that. A lot really? of Frank, some Sinatra, would, and it was good. It was like, you know, just straight ahead. I, I enjoyed oh, you would you do, sing. you do chairman of the board? You yeah, do, oh, yeah. Frank, well, there yeah. you go, yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, Kathy, <laughs> we did a duet on the, these boots are made for walking. Oh, <laughs> yes. Yeah, it was amazing. It was. But, I mean, yeah. we almost got signed that night, but we had Let's hear things. those pipes, baby. Yeah, come on, baby. <laughs> I, I mean, what a broad. What a broad. <laughs> what, a what a toots. Uh, yeah. A toots can sing. Um, <laughs> your eyebrows, Steve. Oh, yeah, you approve? They're really something. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. They're they're hard not to glare at. It's a repurposed uh, John DeBella mustache. I like yeah, it. Yeah, thank I you. I like it very much. Has John seen it? Uh, he hasn't seen it this way. I was wearing it as a mustache because we, we went in on his 20th anniversary observance today. Excellent. So. Excellent. Yeah. Um, so shall we get a letter from you, dude? I do. All right, here we go. Preston and Steve on 93.3 WMMR. Now, the Daily Letter. All right, and the Uh, Preston and Steve show is brought to you today by the letter, uh, M as in marriage. All right, and we have a $500 prize to give away, and that's from the Bagster. Yeah. Uh, the Bagster is by far the most convenient and affordable way to help with your home cleanup. So go buy it at any home improvement store, fill it, and simply schedule your collection, and it is gone. Clean it up with the Bagster. Dumpster in a bag. What's happening on the program today, man? We will have a workforce blocks for this Monday of Collective Soul and the Struts. And a genius was born today. Uh, he is Brian Wilson, and so we must do a large block of the Beach Boys, and we will. Excellent, excellent, excellent. All right, real quick, I want to um, thank our sponsor, sponsors. Uh, the President Steve Show is brought to you today by Acme Markets, Fresh Foods, Local Flavors, and also brought to you by Duncan, the official coffee of the President Steve Show. Tomorrow on the program, uh, we're going to have the legend Dick Vermeil on the program. Dick Vermeil. Oh, wow. Yes. And also, we are going to have our friend uh, Mike, who's from uh, Van there, which is the the, the couple yes. that, that lives the van life. We've been talking to right. him for years. He's also got something called Drawn there. Uh, so we'll talk to him as well. And I'm going to do a last-minute giveaway as we leave. We've got a movie screening. It's tomorrow night. I'll let this catch up with me. Uh, it's called The Black Phone. Supposed to be a really good movie. Yes. Freaky movie, right? Uh, good, uh, like, it's still at 100% on Rotten Tomatoes. Uh, so this is going to be at 7 p.m. UA King of Prussia. We'll take a dozen callers. Wow. Right now, and we will give you passes to go see that. So 7 o'clock, UA King of Prussia. Tomorrow night, the Black Phone will take those 12 callers and we'll set you up. That's it. We're done. Rage on, and have a great day. We'll see you tomorrow, gang. Bye-bye. On 93.3 WMMR. Hey, everybody. It's good to have you on the map. Bop, 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 b